it's time for another edition of Shay Says. How are you doing on this Monday afternoon? Oh, excuse me, Monday, June 22nd. Ah, uh, yes, the burp of little, excuse me, ooh, a beverage. Mm. So I had to work Father's Day weekend, and uh, let me tell you, when you've worked in grocery as long as I have, you get used to holidays and all those fun things. My favorite, though, is that Mother's Day, most people seem to always forget that it's Mother's Day all of a sudden. They're like, oh, crap, it's Mother's Day. Same thing with Father's Day, just with less flowers. Because Mother's Day this year, people were just shocked that we ran out of flowers by, like, 3 o'clock. And I'm like, you didn't know that this was, like, a big flower thing, right? But I understand that, like, some shops were closed. So, you know, the grocery store is where you can probably get your flowers. But in this case, it's Father's Day. It was mostly balloons, cards, and people still not reading signs that are everywhere on self-checkout that say, Hello, we can't process gift cards here. And so that becomes a whole fun other issue. <laughs> yes. I rarely work Sundays, but, you know, Father's Day is one of those things where, you know, I haven't really seen my father, well, first of all, my father passed away in 2016, but before, prior to that, I haven't seen him in 20 years, so Father's Day has always been more of a celebration for my grandpa, um, but I'll have that tomorrow night. We're going to have family dinner, and I'm so excited, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, was, I switched the shift with a girl because she wanted to spend the day with her family. Father's Day and I said that's fine and the reason why I never really work Sundays is because I don't really want to be there until I well no I should say that I don't really like to be at work on a Sunday because that's when all the new sales happen and that's when everybody still has the motherfucking audacity to question if I know what's on sale in my store yes again I know what's on sale in my store I do work here <sighs> And so it's usually it's always the usual same suspects of products that people get confused on because you know people can always read a price of something but apparently can't read to make sure it's the the brand or the right amount so they'll just see the price and they're like oh that's good and they'll even look to see if it's the same fucking product which happened a bunch because people apparently look up for some products when there's a sign and not look down or even read the, the thing for example there was those ice cream push pops that were on sale. Do you know those, oh, I shouldn't say ice cream, like the, the juicy ones, you know, the ones you gotta freeze. And you know, in my case, I would just let it melt and then just suck all the juice up. Um, those things, they were on sale. And this woman grabs instead a box of like blue bunny ice cream sandwiches or something. And she goes, I thought these were $2.99. So I had to run back and it says, yes, yeah, $2.99, but then it does say push pops. Bold letters, big font. I said, no, ma'am. Unfortunately, as I run back up, as, as I was running around today, I also realized that my new jeans that I got at Target, I definitely need a belt for. I'm proud of myself. I went into Target for just jeans, found three pair, couldn't try them on yet. I came home, don't got to bring back any. And then I started running around and I was like, oh yeah, I might need a belt. <laughs> but hey, they look cute. My butt looks cute and we're good. They fit. Anyway, as I'm running back up to the gross, uh, to tell the lady that she was wrong and what she grabbed, um, she goes, well, this is just too expensive. And so she makes it, voided it off, and I bring the ice cream back before it melts. 
And then of course, it always has, my other favorite thing is always involving water or some form of soda or cans. Because apparently people forget that, yes, we live in New York, we tax the shit out of everything, including water. So when we have a sale for water, you know, that may be like four for 10, three for 10, two for whatever, two for seven, it always comes up plus the bottle return and then the tax. So when something, for example, is three for 10 and they're like, well, why is it $14, blah, blah, blah. Well, you've got four things of 24 cases of water. So that I think that's in my head, $1.20 each right there because you got to bring those bottles back and then we give you, the New York gives you that money back once you bring it back. That's the whole point of recycling. You have to give you money to recycle here. <laughs> Um, and then of course there's tax. I don't want it. It's not $10. Well, it does say exclusion. It does say tax and thing in the small print in the thing, but no one ever wants to read that either. My favorite had to be this one lady today who was upset that the seltzer that she grabbed, the cans of seltzer were supposed to be on sale. Now I know all seltzer is normally four for something, but you got to get all four to get it. So just getting one doesn't mean you automatically get it. So she gets upset that my cashier who's trading on self-checkout had to send her to uh, customer service for a refund. She goes, oh, and I've waiting another line. I said, and I ever heard that. And I said, yes, ma'am, because unfortunately sometimes some of our cashiers are only cashiers. They don't actually have customer service training. And it just made it clear that she was there. But I was one of those, she's one of those customers that I was just like waiting for, like I was, just wanted someone to try a motherfucker today. You know, and I was just in there like, just say something, because I just want to just make you feel like any more of an asshole. The best part was, I don't know who this guy was with her, if it was her brother or boyfriend or a friend, but you could tell he had he wanted nothing to do with her being a fucking idiot. <laughs> because, like, she would say something cute, and he would just kind of casually keep stepping farther away, keeping that six feet away from her. <laughs> so then... I overhear her say something to my cashier like this was or my customer service guy was supposed to be like excuse me this was supposed to be for this um, and then he goes well yeah with seltzer you know it's normally like you got to get like two three or four or actually two or four and she goes I've never she goes I've always been here I've never seen that it's like you guys must have changed the font no bitch we didn't change the font on anything the signs have been the same forever you just have bad vision <laughs> like that's what's running through my head and so even when my guy goes to double check just to make sure because we know we were right and he goes yeah no unfortunately you have to get four to get that and she goes he's like well i'm not even gonna try i don't even know if i like this flavor i don't want to buy four cans of it she goes whatever i just want a refund then she goes she goes i can't believe you. she goes she goes i know i read that right she goes i have perfect vision i can't it's like so you're telling me that i read the sign wrong and the guy's like yeah you did <laughs> what do you want us to do about it give you a cookie like, you're getting your refund. You're lucky you didn't leave the store. Because if you left the store, bitch, you left with it. You can't return it. And that was the other thing. People are still trying to get us on that. How we like, how other stores in the company have fonts that are different or signs that are different. I'm sure all of our signs are basically the same because they send us all the goddamn same things. You know, it doesn't matter for a bigger or small store. It, this font doesn't change. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's the same thing. People are like, oh, I thought this was, you know, this, uh, iced tea today or something was like on sale like a case of it and he had to get two of them and people I was like all right so you know it was two for this but you got one so that's why it was only that price now if you want to go grab another one then yes that then that's basically the second one's for free <laughs> so it would uh, you know basically be five five ninety nine for one five ninety nine for two like so if you want the other one go ahead 
well, no, I just, uh, damn it, uh, damn it, someone, I don't even know. But people were just saying, you know, you know, I've been here for so long, you guys are just making the font smaller. Maybe you're also just getting older and you have to accept the fact that your vision might be going because, you know, I accept the fact that my vision is going. Hell, I've accepted the fact that I'm 35 and my fucking, like, I have a w side widow's peak of, like, gray hair coming in and I accept it. I get older, things change. You might be getting older. You might be able to read signs. Better unless you've got, maybe got glasses, or you don't take the time to actually look and read. I understand we're all busy, but for the love of anything fucking holy, don't have the audacity to question if we don't know what's on sale. We do know what's on sale. We work here. People are just fun. Hmm. I also am quite sunburnt. I got to f go out to the lake, and I quite enjoyed it. And I got to try out my new bikini that I can't wait to uh, take to the island. Hopefully in August, everyone stays home and wears their masks and behaves like they're supposed to. Not stay home, but if you want to stay home, please do. I know phase three has opened, and I feel like that's going to be the testament of what goes on. If we can continue to have a summer if everyone behaves themselves by still social distancing and enjoying everything in indoor outing seating. Sorry, my thing didn't wait. Um... So I went, tried on my new bikini, and basically, I did get some good color, but all my little extra yummy bits that stick out, which I forgot to put suntan lotion on, definitely burnt. I've got a great under thing under my boob that looks like it's like one of those under, under boob, but like chest tattoo things that go right across. Like I just want to like put like Thug Life or like 518 Life or something. Hardcore, no, I'm not hardcore, but you know what I mean? Like something that this looks like that little little rainbow arc that's around <laughs> my belly and then on my back and then my little butt cheeks are not you can tell how my butt has never gotten color because that is about as pasty white as oh I am half white so pasty white as I can be <laughs> we are going to continue into our second part series of unapologetically black conversations with my good friend Philly Phil his bio and the link to inner own voices is up at our website at, at up at our website at shaysays.com remember to like follow and subscribe at shaysays.com and here you go part two of my brunch with my good friend Philly Phil part of unapologetically black conversations enjoy we have the code switch we have well, I'm gonna say have to because we don't have to do anything mm -hmm. many of us choose to um, for ease, for comfort, for out of exhaustion. I don't have time mm -hmm. to be fighting every fight. I don't have time to be arguing every argument. I don't have time to challenge everybody that says something ignorant on social media. Like I have to learn that with even with customer service. My boss, he you know, he's a fifty year old black man and I can't you know, and he says to me, I don't I don't choose to fight every battle. And I'm at the point where I was like, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> See, but, but like, not, not every battle, but there are some, when, if you come to me, like as in customer service, if you come to me thinking you are correct over something that you couldn't read correctly, then that is my challenge to, that is the one I accept that challenge. Because if you come to me like I'm the fucking dumb one, and it is literally all all arrows, thumbs, and fingers are pointing mm -hmm. that you're a mistake, but that you blame it on me. That's when I'm like, no, you're not going to get well, see, it. For me, that's different. For me, that is learning the art of tact. Mm -hmm. Because you could shut someone down and them not even realize they got shut down. That's I have mastered that, you know, not to toot my own, my own horn. But, toot, toot. 
Right. Beep, beep. Beep, um, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Who's but, got the keys to yes, the Jeep? <laughs> <laughs> but it's real. Like, it's, there's ways that you can challenge folk without them even realizing until later they might get home like 10 hours later like oh shit like what you know i shut people down with the quickness but i do it i found a way to be tactful about it without raising my voice without you know directly combating them and you know pointing out all of their flaws like i indirectly like it's a a dance Mm. you know it's a waltz it's a waltz yes um so there are and that's part of like i said growing up black you have to do that dance you know um and everything you navigate you know i don't want to be seen as a threat I don't want to be seen as too nice in a pushover. I don't want people to see that because everybody's like, oh, Phil, you're the big cuddle, cuddly teddy bear. and blah, blah. But some people see me and they see big black man. I've been, at, you know, know how many times I've been out at the clubs or at the bar. People come to me, do I have coke? Do I have weed? They think I'm a drug dealer. Because, <laughs> now that you know, blows my mind because I've known you for so long. And I get to the point where I can even tell when where to get over here. I'll be like, no, I do not have weed. I do not have coke. And they're like, oh. And they walk away. Like, don't mean to laugh. It's real. But it's like known you for so long. That's one of those things where I was like, yeah, that's right. People might really think all the time. <laughs> and I and like I said, it, it becomes preemptive. And then I and they realize, and I'm like, and I and so sometimes I I used to be angry about it for a while. Then I'm like, no, that's just the record. That You're the have. cutest fucking drug dealer I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cuddliest one right. I've ever known. <laughs> but you live with that, yeah. you know. And this is like, ew, you know. But. I had that with kids growing up in Colony, and I was saying this, that I had to deal with not only my dad not being there, but it was in the 90s, so then everyone kind of assumed that my dad was that black guy that, like, wasn't around, did this, was a gang, blah, blah, blah. Or when I showed a picture, everyone thought he was fucking Bill Cosby, so it was even even weirder. Oh, wow. uh, I know. I was like, listen, we all don't look alike. But I get that because I, I said to my friend the other day, I know that I had plenty of conversations and called out plenty of these kids in the emo scene years ago for saying something ignorant or whatnot mm-hmm. i just don't fucking remember who half of those people are because they weren't important to me or they gotcha. all also because they all fucking look alike <laughs> 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 you know and the, the hair and the whatever you all skinny white boys look the same i can tell you differently by your dick probably at this point i don't know you can't <laughs> But that's just my joke. <laughs> but it's just one of those where I was like, I know I've had these conversations. I know I've heard. I know I've heard things. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's not that I don't have the energy. I, it, do I wish that I remember who these people were? No, because I'm pretty sure they're not doing anything now. Gotcha. I can only hope that they can look back and remember and be like, Oh yeah, that girl did tell me that one time. Because even both being half black and half white, if I ever heard someone say that that word, I said, listen, if you say it again, you have two options. My white side will make you feel bad, like eloquently telling you why you shouldn't use the N word. My black side will do the same thing, but whoop your ass. So (laughs) you have two (laughs) options if you want to do like, like, because I remember Louis Goldberg had a thing that says um, someone called her the nigger. She was just like, I've never been a nigger. If you call me again, I just might be one. Real and that's the same thing with me. Thing I'm like, Real never problem. been one, never will be. When you want to call it again, we can go outside. And I can be one if you want to see one, but I don't want to be. Right. But it, it, I just... I, but I, that's when you switch it around. If you look at the true definition of nigger and obviously, you know, meaning an ignorant person, I'm like, you, sir, are the nigger. You know, and if you don't know how to have, handle that because it's only associated with black folks. And it's like nah. and white folks escape us that right, right. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, and then I have been having those um, debates still about nigga and nigger. 
and I could like I I love saying nigga, like that's probably one of my favorite words besides fucking cunt. Like, what up, nigga? You know what I mean? Like uh, the other day I was watching, <laughs> I was watching the Dead Files. Did you okay. ever see the show? Mm-hmm. It's on the Travel Channel, and it has to do with this woman who sees dead people. And she goes into the house and sees what's, you know, what's haunting the house. And then the, this old retired detective goes and interviews the family about what's going on and sees the history of it. So this episode has to do with this one in Arizona with this ex-cop, a retired cop. <clears throat> and he gets so furious when he finds out that a Wendigo is trying to kidnap his wife. And he was just like... I was like over my dead body, fuck you, bring it on, punk. And I'm like, nigga, you tried to fight a Wendigo. <laughs> like that, is, that was like my first reaction. But like, you trying to fight a what? Do you know what she just said about a Wendigo? <laughs> but you're so like, I mean, I get it. You're passionate about your, you know, if anyone hurts your family. But right, like, we right. talking. I was like, we talking about a Wendigo. Yeah. <laughs> but I still can't stop laughing in my head about it because it was just, you know. Like you get so furious over this 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 Native American spiritual thing that can haunt you, but yet your first reaction to maybe see a black guy is to shoot him. It's learned behavior. <laughs> it's learned behavior. Black people have been considered a threat since the dawn of time and slavery yes. and you know Even looking at when people freak the fuck out when sixteen nineteen won Pulitzer. Because people freak out with a black Ariel or a Little Mermaid, or they had a gay character in Beauty and the Beast movie. SpongeBob is apparently and, gay. Oh, but, uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> what's he gonna say? Is he's he a bottom? Do you he's think he's pan. a bottom? He's um, I don't know. Because I've seen like three episodes of SpongeBob my whole entire life. And I I don't follow SpongeBob like that, but I've seen enough episodes where you kind of knew he could be a part of the community. I don't know what position because that can't be. You know, that's looking at expression and assuming a position based on how someone expressed themselves, mm-hmm. which is not always in alignment. Um, so I don't know, but I, I do think he, I believe. I'm just waiting to see all the parents freak out about the whole thing about, you know, because even parents were freaking out about this. I saw parents on Twitter pissed about the silence of like the blackout moments for Nickelodeon going, I got my kids got, no, your kids, your turn kids ain't. Turn into an educational moment. Yeah. Let them know what it's about. That's the biggest it's the thing. thing. It's like you turn, not to say it now, I'm not a parent, but like sometimes you put on the TV or something so that your kids can learn and that gives you time. So why not have that time to show these kids to educate about something? Because I'm getting, I mean, Kristen, don't get me wrong, Kristen Bell is, a, I think is a sweetheart ray of sunshine, but fuck your, um, let's love people who are purple. She, she she she's doing a book about how kids should like learn so, like is like you know how uh, something about being like instead of you being black you're purple like 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 you know Sesame Street loves everybody for everyone be whatever her book is designed so that kids can understand the like people who are purple not about purple she should make it like you know Trevor Martin wasn't purple George Floyd wasn't purple I am not purple you so, purple. But if it, if I get if it's a children's I, book you have to bring it to their level like you can't I can see bring it to your level but at the same time you can still do it as black. Well, you can. I think. I think you can. I, I remember in the first grade, every first grade, you learn about fucking every every in middle school. Every February, you learn about Black History Month. Yeah, but I think for kids, it depends on what. Because I don't like. I said I don't like making uninformed commentary. Oh, yeah. So I have not researched what the book is about or whatever. So this is coming from a totally uninformed place. I'm just putting that out there. But there are levels to children's learning um, and what they can comprehend and understand. So if she's saying, "Oh, purple," da da da. 
if it's for like from one to four year olds, I can see that. If it's like five and up, I can see you being more intentional and deliberate with race, race relations, etc. Um, but for some kids, that's how you ease them in. And this is ease them in. It's just one of those where it's like they pick a color that doesn't really exist in the world, and so then it's just like when these kids go, you know, I'm getting well, that, pre- that prevents it from being racialized and then also purple can be purple can represent not just race since purple doesn't exist in our genetic makeup our, even though there are some black people that are considered purple because they're so dark, dark they look purple um but that could also be for lgbt folk it could be for anybody that doesn't fit within the stereotypical norms of what so was so for me from what i hear without doing any research purple could be any other Anything that's yeah, other no. or outside the norm. I, so it's not yeah. just race. It can and, be and I get that. gender identity, orientation. Yes. Somebody, if you grew up around all rich people and it's somebody that's of a, um, a lower socioeconomic uh, class. You know, so anybody that's not you realize that there's beauty in that person and that there's um, an understanding that you should have. That's my takeaway. Yeah. And that could be me being optimistic. No, and I, it could be me being whatever, but... I know I appreciate that because I for for and the reason why I brought it up was because I remember when I first noticed that I wasn't uh, like everyone else was like what in the first grade second grade learning about Black History Month mm-hmm. and you're like oh I'm in Colony like none of y'all look like I did in Unica you know so I was aware at a young age mm-hmm. um, but it was I don't know, it was one of the things where I was like I didn't I didn't read the book but reading about it and like the concept of it i was like i get it but it it was just one of those where it just felt one of those um addressing the issue but not addressing the issue well like i said i want to see it because it depends on how it's couched yes um i don't know how it's couched i haven't seen it or read it so for me if it's couched in anybody that's different from you it's okay and so if the person's like, oh, well, they're gay, then the person might be like, well, that's okay because difference is okay. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know, but that's what I'm hoping would be that. Um, and it is, it is, depend, it is. It's just upsetting when it has to, when it, when it's like, it's a kid's book, but yet adults still take that concept or it's just like, right, but sometimes purple. It, you're just purple. Yeah. Well, see, that's why I say, I don't know if it's, you're just purple or appreciate the purple, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not. For me, I don't. I don't like people to say, "Oh, we're one race. We're the human race." I don't. That to me is to me like awesome Star race. Trek did it best. You know what yes, I mean? Because yes. they were all interrelated. I feel like if, if that's probably why I'm kind of a little fickle about it because I feel like nothing has ever been more diverse than Star Star Trek, and and every because it was like you know, and it makes me want to be like, "Okay, aliens, I'm ready. What's the going rate for an abduction? <laughs> I have some money. As long as you don't impregnate me, right, right. like take me to a galaxy far, far away. Like I'm ready." <laughs> but it, I feel like it, if it's not, I don't know. I feel like if it's not done like Star Trek, where they show diversity and everything, whether it be different colors, shapes, noses, all that stuff, because mm-hmm. um, that's you know. But that's Twilight Zone is really good to do. To, to watch to everything, as well. yeah. They cover a lot. Sci-fi of, just made, I feel like it's crazy how sci-fi, sci-fi in general, yeah. sci-fi in general is more real life in a sense than what you would see on like any other drama or yeah. TV or even how long it took for that because you can even go back to when um, oh, I can't think of his name because I still just want to call him Ross from Friends. Um, Adam. No, okay. that's Adam Sandler. No, <laughs> no. Ross, is, what's his name? His name's not Adam. Ross Adler. 
I don't know. I don't know whatever his name is. Point <laughs> it's, I'm going to think of it later, too. And I'm going to be like, that's your name? David Schwimmer? David Schwimmer, yes. Okay. David Schwimmer <laughs> said something about how Friends, you know, was, you know, wish that there was more of a diverse show of, of or had more diversity on Friends because there wasn't like a show like it. And I was like, they tried to bring a black person on the last season. And it was like, Alicia, but then I was like, did you not realize that a living single was around? You know what I mean? Like, those, like, well, I they remember. Did. They were the prototype. They were the prototype. Mm-hmm. They were the prototype. I remember, like, Fox, they had a New York Undercover and Living Color. I think at one point they had LL Cool J's um, show in which, the house, in the house mm-hmm. which I still, uh, he's been doing his Instagram lives and I wanted to talk to him, but I did. He did mention my name twice because in the comments, so I have to show you later. Because he oh, goes, yeah. he's like, Jasmine Shay from Albany, what's up? And then he said once something else, how he wanted to talk. He's like, okay. And he licked his lips, and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember those because like, there was Martin. Martin. All of that. There mm-hmm. was um, CNN did a really good special about the decades, and they each decade, I think from yes. the fifties, mm-hmm. and they, they talked about, especially in the TVs, how networks used black stories and made their money and then when it was done it was done and it was over with like you don't yes. see upn anymore right. it still shocks the hell out of me that kelsey Grammer was an executive producer on girlfriends yeah like it literally was like you mm-hmm. the man who tattooed his name to his dick so his <laughs> no one would she wouldn't cheat on his fourth wife i was like you yeah but he was you know just a little, but it was just one of those where i'm like there you go. like that is what i like in that sense where, you know, there was a great TV show that Kelsey Grammer saw and, right. and, and, and and that saw the importance of it before anyone else did. But then you don't see him talk about it much. But then it's just like, but you did a great, no, you did a great thing, but you produced, you saw, and you believed in the show that lasted for a very long, that mm-hmm. lasted for, I think, what, seven seasons? Maybe six. six, seven seasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it just felt natural, like a good show. Right. And then it's unfortunate that we have to. People are like, "Well, you have BET." I'm like, "Because we don't have anything else." Right, right. And I and I, and this is the thing. And I'm also I miss the Hughley show. The Hughley. I miss the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons. The fact that they can say "nigga," all in the family, "nigga," mm-hmm. "nigga," and he was like, "Nigga, you crazy," you know, and all that. And he they called can't me a nigga. Now. You called me a honky. Right. I don't know what's worse. That's being married to one. That's <laughs> like, real conversations. Yeah. That's the shit that should be sh- playing. That's, that's the stuff that should be playing now. But they don't want to say it. it's the quote unquote n word now. No, it's nigger. Don't, don't, don't try to erase it. Don't sugarcoat it. it. Don't and, try to erase it. Yeah, let it be said. Let it be Same heard. thing even with school. When I was in school, no one wanted to read it during a Kill a Mockingbird. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, they said they were taking it out of Huck Finn and all this stuff. I'm like, don't, don't. pretend it doesn't happen. Because you, know, you guys than, say it in songs when we're not here anyway. Right. Might as well just say it and have and it's different than you. taking down Confederate statues. That's not erasing history. That's not, glorif- that's not glorifying Somebody who these, lost these racist individuals who lost the war, who literally treason anti- against America. Yeah, and I'm like, you can't tell us to get over slavery if, and and this also parallels to people talking about who have this revisionist mindset around rioters, looters, people who are destroying their own Boston Tea Party, the fucking yeah. Civil War. That was a war. You created a war to revolt against not have not being able to own black people anymore. Yeah, as slaves. You went to war, and then you raved that flag around like, oh, this is the rebel flag. We rebelled against a system we disagreed with. But now when black and brown folks rebel against a system they disagree with, it's then different. all of a sudden it's, it's a different story. No, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. You know, and like you said, you lost, but you're still waving that flag around or whatever, you know, as a symbol. Like There was this white comedian who does like like his little redneck things, and it took me a second to realize he was, because it was that good where I didn't realize that he was 
making fun of them. Mm-hmm. He's like, what do you mean I can't have my Confederate flag at NASCAR? That Confederate flag's like my security blanket. That treason rag, I'm like Lucy. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Have it with my security blanket with me. And once he said treason rag, I started. I was like, all right, now I know you're just fucking with me. Because it was just your real scenario. He goes, trying to make me. It's like, why did all these bands want to make me? I was like, I want these bands to go back singing political music and not making me think. (laughs) (laughs) So good. But it it is. it's, It's I've had that argument with the Confederate flag and why it's made me comfortable for years. I remember being in Washington, D.C. on my eighth grade field trip. And these kids were wanting to, like, I was in this thing that had Confederate stuff all over it, and the guy was white, and he goes, yeah, some of these niggas ain't gonna understand. I'm 13! <laughs> and I just, like, walk out, and I tell Mrs. This, this woman, who's still a good friend of mine to this day, grew up down the road with my grandparents, and her daughter was a great, she was a chaperone. She's like, are you okay? And I said, they said nigger to me. I think I had to hold her back from kicking their ass, but yes. <laughs> but like you know, I'm 13. Mm-hmm. I'm in the eighth grade, wanting to go see the nation's capital, which yeah. everyone does, and I have to have the N word thrown at me by people that I don't fucking know. Right, right. But that's that was my first, and in, 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 like besides in the Civil War, understanding that, but that was my first like introduction to how I'm going to have to to deal with mm-hmm. this flag for the rest of my life. My best friend was telling me how. And it's not the same, and it's um, but it's similar, and it was just her and her introduction to rate the society that she was living in because she grew up in an area that was mo- a lot of white folks and low income individuals. But she remembered that she was um, she was telling me that she um, was in school mm-hmm. and th- there was a globe and a, and a map mm-hmm. and one of her friends who was white pointed on the map and was like, look blank though i'm not gonna say her name mm-hmm. that's you and it was niger in africa oh my god and she was like huh that's what you are and it's the innocence of babe which shows that it is learned behavior, behavior. they didn't know something that was wrong they didn't yeah. know it was like oh this is who you are and she was like and when she found out what it was and what it meant that still sat with her to today say. you know and uh. she's almost 40. I know, but that was the same thing. Like when I first realized that I was different, was we? I just moved to Albany or Colony, I should say, because it was Colony, the village of Colony. Um, I was in the first grade. I uh, we were learning about Black History Month, and kids didn't under quite understand what people were being. And I think my teacher was just very honest about like they were treated black. And he's like, "Well, Jasmine, this kid's name is Brian, so I still know him to this day." He's like, well, "Jasmine's black, and we like her." And I was like, "They're like, he's like, are you black?" And I was like. Tan from going to Florida. And because I didn't know. Right, but then that was right. my moment where I was like, oh. Wow. And then that was the other thing, going back to the Michael Jordan, that would also frustrate me because I would watch white kids fight trying to be Michael Jordan for Black History Month because that was the only black person that they knew. Wow. You know, like mm-hmm. that was the only, like there, like there was Martin Luther King and then there was Michael Jordan and then whoever created peanut butter. Washington Carver, Carver. you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) there was, there's, but that's what they, they only showed you so many Mm -hmm. little things of the same usual. That's why I make the joke about St. Patrick's Day, where I was like, St. Patrick's Day is for white folks to drink away their guilt and frustration of having to sit through another Black History Month. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because <laughs> black history has always been the same five or six things that I've been right. taught yes, every single year on repeat. Martin Luther King, but they don't talk about how during he his era... He was assassinated. Yeah, like, so peaceful works for what? <laughs> he was yeah. assassinated. That was my other thing, is that yeah. I love how white, some white folks have the audacity to quote or to question Martin Luther King... To black people, especially to his descendants, because right. I've seen some of them on Twitter. People have wrote back his kids and been like, "Well, well I mm-hmm, think your father meant." Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they they just, they, shut, they they but they've got to shut people down. Yeah, like his kids are like they don't play. They have no. zero fucks given. And I think when people quote him, they're in it also looking as if as if he was the only voice of the movement. Don't forget Malcolm X. Other folks, by any means necessary, there are many schools of thoughts and philosophy on how you deal with systemic racism, systemic. Um, the barriers that were put before us. Um, and it, it took all of those things to happen. It took rioting. It took peaceful protests. It took, um, I won't say looting because it didn't take looting. Yeah. But um, those things all happened. Again, this is not um, something that's new. No. This is not anything that's new. It's, it's, it's crazy how people think like something that was 70 years ago is old. When they don't they realize that their When parents, my parents were born, black people couldn't vote. I'm not even 40 years old when black people. So I'm like, the history is not that long ago. My, my mom was 10. 11 when she could legally marry my dad. Yeah. And that's my parents 11. were 10 when they could vote. Yeah. You know, when black people can vote. Yeah. So and we're not old. Yeah. So people don't understand that this still sits with us. Yeah. I said that to that young girl. I said, Do you know how old our, like, our store manager is a black man? He's just turned 50. Like he's 50. Think about what he has dealt with. Mm-hmm. His father is only 80 something. And he's seen civil rights. He's known the South. Right, it's right. Like, and then you got to think of the next generation that could be still alive. They could have been born into something else. Yeah. I was like, so you don't have to, like, because the thing, the thing with t- the concept of time is is very weird when it deals with certain people. Because mm-hmm. everyone has their own concept of it. Like, I still think 1990 was 20 years ago in my head. I still sometimes wish. <laughs> but, you and me both. Huh? But I know that racism hasn't changed for the better mm-hmm. or ended I don't have to say changed for the better but racism hasn't ended but you saw in um, Connecticut was like four or five years ago where the two white boys strung up and tried to hang a black kid a biracial black kid yeah um, and this is Connecticut this is youth these yeah. are kids these are kids you know and, it's, and like I said it's learned behavior but it's like oh when the older generation dies off we'll be good no because they pass it down to their descendants. You know, not everybody follows it, but it's still I have, learned behavior. I have a long, not a long history. I don't trust Connecticut in the sense of what happened with they try to fuck around with my brother um, when he was in college. Like, his lacrosse team. They, like, arrested his lacrosse team for something, and my brother was the only one that didn't get, like, his Miranda rights thrown to him. It was, like, really? the strip search. And it was one of those things where I was like, uh-huh. And let me guess why. Wow. And so it was... Um, I'm gonna have to cut that out because I'm angry. <laughs> but it was I. But I also remember going to Connecticut, and I was at a My Chemical Romance show, and this girl was trying to like get past everybody to get like close or whatever. But there was kids in front of me and my friend, and I'm protective of young kids. You know what I mean? They might not be used to like pits or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But um, you know. I wasn't letting her get past so that she could like look cute for two seconds on her Instagram or I don't think Instagram was even on back in the day. <laughs> but it was one of those bitches that like went to like Hot Topic and was just like, oh, I'm cool. And so she could hear her just chit chat 
and like just say like I can hear her just like mumbling that we won't let her go but then it was something was directed towards me because it was just like you know some of these black bitches and I was just like at the end of the show I was like so why are you here because I heard Brian Cabrera is playing next week <laughs> you know like like don't she's right like oh I'm so cool look at me right. like I'm like bitch like I will like, like she was so but outside she said she said stupid nigger and I came up and I went to take a before I could take a swing the cops pulled her back and it was one of those where I was like, don't touch me. Right. Like, right, you heard right. her say it. Like, that is, at this point, self-defense. Mm-hmm. That if she's going to come at me and say the N-word, you're going to get f***ed up. <laughs> and I wasn't driving, so I had a drink. So I, regardless if I had a drink or not, I'm still going to be like, I'm sorry, what did you say? You want right. to say it? Let's go. Excuse me? Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to, like, even, but that's the thing now that you're going back to people being held accountable for their actions. You are going to be held accountable for saying that word now, if you said it now, and you're still going to be held accountable if you said it back then, because something in your mind made you think it was okay to say that to Mm -hmm. people of color or to use that. You like there was even that one NASCAR guy who got suspended, but now he's bad. Yeah, the biracial. He was biracial. No, 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 Bubba, Bubba, Bobby's biracial. That other kid got suspended for saying the N word in a live. He was biracial. Was he? He was half Asian and half white. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yo, dude, you're on live. Like, they called him out. was like, stop. Like, yeah. But then that just shows. Like, I didn't know that. But that mm-hmm. also just shows that, like, you've never been held accountable or that you've allowed to say that word freely without someone saying. Because right. if you say it so comfortably like you did there, you know you've said it before. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like people get caught. And. Hold on. I'm going to find it. Um. Oh yeah, I just I know I watched that video of him doing that, and he was like, "Did you guys hear me say that?" I was like, "We all heard you say it." One of my I shouldn't say he's a friend, but this kid that I knew, he said it one time while he was on his his um he said it when he was on his oh what fucking was it he was playing Halo or something and he said the N word. And I was right there, and it just happened that it was my reaction was to just nut tap him when he said it. And he was down for a good five minutes. I don't think he learned the lesson <laughs> as he. Sh- I mean, around me he did, but I'm I'm pretty sure. Do we have another one or no? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> now that makes me think about it, like I'm gonna have to get up. But like it was one of those where I'm like, you definitely heard. I definitely heard you say it. I know you're never gonna say it around me again. Because if you do, you're gonna get that tapped again. Well, yeah, his his mother's Japanese, and he's and his father is white. Um, Kyle Larson and his grandparents spent time in a Japanese internment camp. So, with the history that should have been or could have been passed down, I still feel like it's okay. To use a word that's so oppressive and again and you know racist when your own ancestors have been have been interned. So that goes to so the two four people in general were were kicked off of or fired from Vanderpump Rules. Two of them had to do with we're going to try this and we're hopefully it's not going to try to kill me, this cork. Um, so two of them from Vanderpump Rules were. I think we can do this. Yes. So four of them were suspended or fired. Um, there's the two girls who tried to get the one 
girl, you know, thinking she was drugging people. Um, another kid who is one of those gorgeous people who just, just shouldn't talk because it just ruins the attractiveness when he does. I'm like, no, stop talking. Um, but the other one was named Max. And his mother is biracial, half black and half white like I am. And his dad, his grandpa, is black. And still said these racist things in these tweets when he was young. Mm-hmm. And it, it came to where I was like, that frustrates me because being biracial... I've never had that privilege of being white or seen as white, but this kid is one of those where I think he's been around, where he's grown up, where he could, like, I don't think he's ever was seen as, as even a quarter baby. You know what I mean? Like, he just has, like, he has some kind of a... He doesn't look black. He looks, definitely looks like he's, like, like Persian or something, you know what I mean? Like, he's got, he's, like, a good skin tone. But I, it, for him to say the stuff that he did say, it was just one of those, I'm like, who did you grow up around? Because it seems like you, you didn't understand the struggle of what your grandpa went through to, to that he's seen to say these words. So, But for me, this is the thing. When it comes to that, there's a couple things at play. One, it is internalized racism. Where you begin to internalize the messaging that you hear about your own people and begin to believe it because it's been ingrained in you Mm -hmm. to believe it. So you begin to exhibit some of the same behaviors as the people that oppress you. You begin to believe that your people are ignorant, that your people are blah, 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 because of the way the message you've been given. Some of it is systemic. So when you look at the police and the issues with police injustice, for me... What most people don't talk about is several of the officers in most a lot of these cases that are making the news now and in the past were Asian, Black, and Latino. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a black and white thing. It's just a, a system, system thing. Yeah. The system has gone unchecked for centuries, or not centuries, for decades, and in some, in some cases centuries because law enforcement and the police forces um, started. Mostly started off as... Anti-slave catchers, like yeah. So, but but if you look historically, the system has been set up to see black men primarily, but it's happened to black women as well. So I'm gonna say black people um, as threats, as not to be trusted, as um, people that are inherently stronger than than other folks. We Thomas we're faster. We're yeah, we're faster. We're stronger. Whatever. So that's why they exhibit excessive force towards us because they're scared of our physical prowess based on stereotypes. Yet, stereotypes, um, yet that they breeded they mm-hmm. breeded us to be bigger, stronger, and faster so that we could do their work for them. Yeah, and that's the thing. So the his, so for me, it's a systemic problem. So when you see the black folks that are, or the Latino folks, or the other individuals that are people of color who have experienced racism and seen it, but still begin to sympathize and and reinforce behaviors of, of oppressive white folks and racist ideologies is because the system is flawed and the system has not had accountability. No. So so it's one is individualized and internal stuff, and then the other is the system. So we're talking about Black Lives Matter and and adjusting the criminal justice system and police. It's not just white cops. It's all, all cops. Yeah. Because they're they're ingrained in the same thing with military. The military is an institution mm-hmm. that has historically been homophobic misogynistic women in the military have been uh, sexually assaulted mm-hmm. harassed black folks have been experiencing racism in the, within the military etc it's a system just like law enforcement that was built on 
uh, anti-blackness, anti-queerness, anti, you know, whatever, um, because you had to be a man. You had to be a strong man. You couldn't show any weakness. You had to mm-hmm. man up, not cry, do all these things. This hyper-masculinity contributes to racism, contributes to um, rape culture, etc. So yeah. it is challenging the system and challenging the individuals. Both of them have to happen at the same time. You the know? highest amount of black women just graduated from West Point. I have to show you that picture. Really? Yeah. There's a really just beautiful picture of them, you know, with their swords in front of a building. Unfortunately, they had to sit through Trump listening to his speech at the commencement. (laughs) um, And then watch him try to walk down steep stairs or slight. I I do love that the internet's going crazy today because it's apparently his birthday, but they're making it Obama Day now. (laughs) Yes, I was wondering what that was. I swear, I was watching that this morning and it was like, happy Obama Day. I was like, oh, Obama Obama Day. Day. And then it's really like, it's Trump's 74th birthday. Yeah. I didn't put the two together. Yeah, I love it. Of course, I sent Trump a picture as I do it whenever I realize it's his birthday. (laughs) I made my middle finger in front of Trump Plaza. (laughs) Happy birthday, bitch. (laughs) Oh. Uh, what else did I wanted to bring up? Oh, I have to pee, so let's put this on pause. <laughs> okay. How does Hanson? <laughs> How does Hanson do this to me? <laughs> um. So last night too, I was on the internet world, uh-huh. and when going back to like the monuments and stuff. People have been very, uh, especially in South Philadelphia, they've been very protective of this one, um, Christopher Columbus. Write that down a bit. watching on, on Instagram this um, is called Unicorn Ninja mm-hmm. they were trying to they noticed just that a bunch of just white folks were just hanging around in South Philly um, this Christopher Columbus and some police were already there and they had bats and this guy was just like just came up and was just like well I see you guys are protecting this I just I'm a journalist I want to I want to know what's going on they once they saw somebody filming it just got more mad. These guys, these angry, like an angry white mob. They had bats. They they shoved him. This one random guy sliced this the, the reporter's tires of his bike. Wow! All because he was just intrigued, wanting to know why these why everyone was being protective of the statue. Because wow. of you know of closer problem. And then the police told him to leave that he couldn't videotape anymore. What? Mm-hmm. I'll send you the link. Yes, please. That's banana. It was just just to see the video, but just to see this, just it's the white anger, mm-hmm. and it's just like it is scary. To me, it's scary. You know, I still have you know just because I you know I've, I mean I've most of my recent I've been with angry white men. You know, I mean most ignorant comments come from my white friends who were girls, but the most racist shit I get is from just ignorant racist men but that's what happens when your privilege gets challenged Mm -hmm. is that you've never been challenged this way because it's usually been your way you've controlled the narrative you've been able to say and do whatever you want without any any 
um, understanding of the impact that it's having it on folks. Yeah. And that's the biggest piece. So it's not just about race. It's even about gender. Like how women could be slapped on their ass in the workplace. Yo, they yeah. could be sexually harassed with no, with no consequences. And then if we do it, it's be... just, if girls do it, it's a whole, mm-hmm. whole thing. Like I had an experience where there was this kid that I worked with back in the day. Um, we were friends. Um, you know, just push each other, shove each other, smack, like, get go, get go, get working. And did that like one day to him and then like I, I then he kind of freaked out because I guess his girlfriend was around I didn't know like she was there and I was like I wouldn't do it you know what I mean like, right. like I'm not trying to hit on him like that's our work relationship where I'm like get your ass back in there and work you know I'll kick you or slap you but then she comes and confronts me and and it was when that was upsetting because it was one of my black friends who was with a white girl and then she wants to come to, to raid me and it was one of those where I'm like I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but at the same time, you don't have the audacity to tell her, by the way, that's nothing. Right. And so, you know, so I've, and it, it's just, it, that's another thing. It's just like girls can't, like, we can't do what guys can do. And that's Of course sense. not. That's not how society is structured. No. I mean, I'd walk you know? up and be like, let me see your dick. <laughs> right. Right. Pull right, out. Right. Let me see right. it. Right. Yeah. How many Yelp reviews you got on we that penis? We can cat call <laughs> you. We can, you know, we can cat call. We can slap in the ass. We can talk degrading and demeaning towards you we can do all of those things and it's no real there have been no real consequences yeah. now everybody's like oh this me too movement is going too far and they're challenging the things that i've always been able to do and and i know it's 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 nuanced because that's how society has been so to say no this is not okay now feels different to people yeah and they feel like taught, you know like yeah. um even with like columbus now like i, I still call it indigenous people day mm-hmm. because I was brought up to know that Columbus, he, he discovered America, did this, but let's not, and it's like, we're going to forget all the terrible stuff that he did because he discovered this place. Right, and it's like, he didn't, and but he said, didn't. once you know better, you once you know better, you're supposed to do better. So the people that we've idolized, once you find out that your heroes were flawed and your heroes were problematic, then you need to shift your thought process and, and shift a, the narrative. Narrative, yeah, but it's the thing, it's, like, it's not even erasing history. You can also rename it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, uh, Shaker... Did you read about Shaker? Oh, they took the, the and, name. And, and I didn't even know. I mean, it's a colony kid. I saw the issue. We call them, you know, the Garnet Raiders. But I felt like it was my old thing is that you see all these kids. We see schools named after a Native American tribes or um, land. But mm-hmm. yet, like, it's just like, it's, it's for, for me, it's just like white folks. Like, well, we'll name it after you. Right. And it's just like, okay, but you're going to talk about the history of why, why this happened? Yeah. Why why we have why they have casinos? Why we finally gave New York a non-casino because you're broke? <laughs> you didn't get it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's... it's... So, with In Our Own Voices, we're going to go talk about what you guys do with the police. Because I know that's one thing that you've told me is that you, you've done training. What is the training about when, you, when they reach out to you? How does that work? So... Do your listeners know what In Our Voices is? No, you can talk about it. Yes. I'm going to start there and yeah, then start go there. to it. So In Our Own Voices. I mean, three mimosas in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Forget that you don't know the stuff that I already know <laughs> or haven't said it before. But yes, please so, continue. So In Our Own Voices, we were founded in 1998. So we're about 22 years old. And we were founded to address the social and health disparities that were impacting LGBT communities of color. So we are a culturally specific organization that works to address um, the physical, mental, spiritual, political, cultural, and economic survival and growth of LGBT communities of color. Um, yeah, um, it doesn't matter. Um, 
<laughs> um, and we do that in a variety of ways. We provide a lot of mental health counseling, um, advocacy, helping our communities navigate through the healthcare system, human health and human service system, the criminal justice system. Uh, we provide training and technical assistance to uh, community-based organizations, to law enforcement, court personnel, um, colleges and universities. We um, there's a fires going on. Yeah, hopefully nothing serious. Yeah. Um, and then we do a lot of advocacy level on the advocacy work on the systems level. So we do uh, meet with um, elected officials and chiefs of police and superintendents of schools and mayors and like all of those folks to make sure that they are aware of the issues that are impacting our communities and how they may or may not be contributing to those barriers. Um, and we provide a, a lot of um, services, emergency assistance, food pantry. Uh, we have a COVID relief fund for people that have been impacted by COVID-19 to get some um, financial assistance. We don't tell you what to do with the money. We just give it to give you. Give it to you, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, that's always one of my pet peeves when people want to say, um, well, you give you this money. What are you doing with it? Right. Mm -mm. we are like, no, tell us that you've been imp impacted by COVID and how. Yeah. And how much you want. We give, we're giving up many grants up to $300 per household. Um, and we're using our own money and foundation money to, to make it happen. And um, we're not telling you how to use it. We're just asking you why do you feel like you need it. And then, you know, nine out of ten folks that meet the eligibility requirements get, get the funding. Um, so, yeah, so we provide a lot, a variety of service support groups, um, events like Black and Latino Gay Pride and a national LGBT People of Color Health Conference that we do every 18 months. So we provide uh, comprehensive services to our communities. Um, and we serve everyone who comes through the doors, but we don't ever lose sight of our mission and why we were founded. Because when you talk about LGBT communities, just like sometimes when you talk about people of color, people of color communities, you would think there's this one group, one group that yeah. we're just one monolithic group, and we have the same agenda, the same hopes and dreams. But no, there was still racism within the LGBT community. There's still transphobia within the LGBT community. There's still classism within the LGBT community. So people of color were facing this on all sides. So with, from white society, from within people of color society, and within the LGBT community. So we were making sure that we provide in a safe space to address all of those issues. When I, speaking with Black and Latino Pride, because it would have been our pride this week. Yes. Um, that has, I've seen, I've seen you have that conversation many years about how there's still people who don't understand why there is a Black and Latino Pride. Mm -hmm. And that why it's not a part of the general Pride celebration could right. you elaborate on why that's yeah. important well, i'm hoping now that people know with the whole black lives matter movement, movement is. and recognizing why when you say all lives matter you have to realize there's unique issues that are impacting yes. black folks because even when i was in troy mm -hmm. protesting and i had the megaphone i made it a point to make sure people were chanting that black trans lives matter yes yes you know because they're uh, i we i remember uh last year being at which i'm still quite honored and still can't believe you guys gave me a volunteer of the year i still i'm still mad you lied to me about it <laughs> surprise <laughs> the, the only secret he's kept from me we'll do the backstory so you guys do a jazz in july yes great event to um you know help you know with money coming mm -hmm. into the organization but show give a recognition to people who are allies yes and businesses and create you got, change for create lgbt change. communities and lgbt communities of color you guys gave me the incredible honor of volunteer of the year which i was like no <laughs> like, i'm sure <laughs> there's like, other yes, people <laughs> but you know because i you guys know i'm the person when i can help i want to right I want to be there um 
they got a, someone gave a great I think it was Sandra said you know it's the average lifespan of 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 us is of, of regular regular people is seven, up to seventy eighty. But well, not black, regular, regular people, people, but white, you know, non-trans, non-trans folks, cis, yeah. cisgender folks. But yeah. for transgender people of color, their average lifespan is thirty-five. Now, mind you, we just saw a nice red car go by. If either one of us were driving that, we would be pulled over. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. It's a um, nice car. But um, that is a point that I've always said. I'm like, here you go. Like, this right. is reality check. Like, Because there's, there's health disparities and there's social disparities that impact black and brown LGBT individuals differently than it does white mainstream LGBT folks and heterosexual folks. So when you look at different... Social health, social and health disparities. So, like, like our trans, uh, black trans women being disproportionately impacted by murder and violence. When you look at the rates of HIV, certain cancers, um, and so other certain other health disparities that impact black and brown folks differently, um, and black and brown LGBT folks differently, um, you recognize the importance of showcasing and providing resources to that community as well. And so, we, we Black and Latino Gay Pride was initially started as a health and wellness expo. Our communities are one of the most um, medically underserved communities. We're one of the, um, we face a lot of different social um, barriers. So we wanted to create a space for people to get access. So we provide HIV testing at Black and Latino Day Pride. We have a health and wellness expo where we have, you know, between 20 and 35 um, community partners um, provide access to health screenings and information on political advocacy, legal assistance, mental health resources, um, educational resources, uh, physical health um, resources, health screenings, etc. So that was the key word that I like is resources Mm -hmm. because there are people who have all the access in the world to these resources and don't use it and then they're the ones who don't know that all of this resources out here because they have been hidden from it or not think they should know about it. And that even right. goes back to my friend who's doing the bid. He goes there, he talked to businesses that didn't even, weren't even aware about these grants. Yep. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, so that question goes, so why don't you? Mm-hmm. Is it because whoever is running it doesn't inform sometimes you? Sometimes intentional, intentional and keeping us from it. From and it. sometimes and it's just, you don't know what you, you don't, don't know. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think that um, that is the main purpose of the event. Also, historically, when you looked at a lot of Pride events, the experiences and voices of people of color who were LGBT were not centered in those events. And for many years, you wouldn't see um, black or brown headliners or multiracial headliners. Um, you wouldn't see even the when food. they made the Stonewall movie, they made it a white character. Yeah, because we, we're systematically erased from a lot of the culture. We're not seen. We're not given the same platform, and so the food choices were not were not culturally or ethnically diverse. The performers were not culturally or ethnically diverse. So it was a let's provide a health resource <laughs> fair to our community. Mm-hmm. And while we're doing that, let's also provide entertainment and showcase the high and highlight the contributions of LGBT people of color to the larger LGBT community. And most of our performers are community. We do a quote unquote auditions where people kind of showcase their talent and we select a diversity of talent. And then we'll have a headliner, yes, because that brings folks as well. But most of the performers are, are, are us mm-hmm. and people from the community. So we make it local. We make it um, to connect with the community. So that's the purpose of the event. And it is an, an inclusive event, contrary to popular belief. It's for everybody because we know that our communities do not exist in a silo. Yeah. We know that we're in interracial relationships. We're biracial ourselves. We have white allies. We have white partners. We have white families. We have, you know, so it's important to recognize 
recognize that it's not, oh, this is only for black and brown folks. This is for everyone. Yeah. And it only becomes divisive and and, and um, not inclusive if, is if you make it that way. If yes. you choose not to come because it says black and Latino yes. gay pride. Yes. Just like for years it was gay pride. Mm-hmm. And does that mean that our straight allies can't come? Does it mean that our, our heterosexual families can't come? No. no. Because people knew that it was inclusive. So black and Latino is inclusive as well. 10 years. Right. 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 <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that's kind of the history of it. I kind of miss not having a pride parade for year because it was my one big workout of the year. Yes, get that walk in. <laughs> well, walk and dance and yes, all that. <laughs> I, I, I was. Think... Did you do roller skates one year? Um, I did not roller no. skate one year. I think it was the. I know the Derby people did. They always do. It was then, another person. It was another was, I that roller skated. Somebody did a roller skate. Because I remember how it happened is that we were doing. I, I did different bars floats mm-hmm. for God since you know Derby. Right. So we're talking 2004-ish, maybe. I think maybe like two or three years I had to miss because of work. Or I think one year I was definitely a little hungover and did not make pride, but that happens. That happens. Lucky you, I don't have have that luxury because I work pride, so I have to be there for work. (coughs) I was going to get my smokers coughing. Um, I think it was probably the last five years where I strategically did not go out Saturday because I knew I had Uh... to be up. But it was one of those things where I celebrated. I would do like the the gay uh, the boat. Oh, big the, gay cruise. Big gay cruise was a Friday. Saturday we'd go out. Sunday we'd have to come up and meet. But now I'm like, all right, if I'm gonna make it through the day, <laughs> I'm going to older as I get to be there. Uh, but I guess I posted today like I miss I miss the smells and the sounds yeah. of Pride and the beautiful faces. Yeah. And you know me being you know always being team ally um how it started that i would was happened i think like five years ago it was the or four years ago it was like the the year after victoria died and um people didn't want to get in front of the of the float and so i remember having my umbrella Yes, and having I my that. dress, and I was like, "Well, this is for Victoria. We're gonna do it like it's New Orleans kind of style parade, mm-hmm. saying you know, representing for her." And I, so ever since that, I've had to be in front of the, right, right. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and so then as I got older and chubbier, it became all right. Hold on, someone give me some. I can't be drinking this jungle juice before I gotta do this. <laughs> but for me, it's it is. Being represented, and because people don't know that I'm Team Ally, but they see me out there. But like when I'd have the little kids come up and say to me, especially you and gay kids, like you're my favorite part or something. It just it was just like I do this for you. Mm-hmm. All of my energy is for you. I give it to you because I'm gonna, you know, I, if, if I'm gonna die, it's gonna go die defending you, right, me, right, or, right. or anyone's rights. So I think that's what I miss is is giving letting people see that they they have an ally in them right because i know especially now because we have the trump administration rolling back transgender things they announced it during pride month and then the day mm-hmm. of the orlando massacre and right. then it's just I, now again i do i think it's him no do i think it's stephen miller it's a tone Absolutely. deaf response it's a tone deaf <laughs> administration in that respect where they don't look at symbolism and the importance of recognizing um because there were some um in the beginning, there were some press conferences there were Native Americans, and he had a picture of one of the presidents that was known notoriously to, for killing them. Yeah, for killing them. So it was. It is. So it is. So it's not, this it's is what black, lack of awareness, and that's why I'm always pushing 
education and awareness, awareness yeah. not just sharing something blindly because it fits your narrative or it sounds good because it goes in line with your beliefs. Do do the extra research and and then share or comment or respond because yeah. you don't. It, same mm. thing with me. I'm still learning. Like even we just did what, the last thing we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I've used that phrase because I think it was a great phrase to definitely show. Because sometimes I, I, I do believe that um, some specific people who are fighting against equality are people whose I wish their dicks were as big as their egos. <laughs> because it, it is just one of those things where I'm like, there's like you have that privilege in mind where like, no, you're taking away everything that I have that I've never and it's like had nothing's to fight being for. Taken away. Nothing's you're taken just away. being challenged, just, and other people are getting access to it. Access to it, you know, and and, and so that's what like even that. So I said something I did not know about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning, and I'm going to rechange how I say it and phrase it. Right. That's what I do. Same thing I did with you know with learning about the, that one dude from Hanson's. Uh, I can't think. I remember reading it was a video that said it was the first of its kind. And I'm like, it's a farmer market on wheels, but <laughs> I'm not, but it might be the first of its kind there. Yeah, I get right, that, right, but right. in my head, I'm like, yeah, we have this in Troy like every single fucking Saturday. You should just come up, <laughs> but I know you don't, you don't live here. But right, it, right. It, you just and you learn because I know again, even as a woman of color, there's still a lot of shit I have to learn. Yeah, especially even being an ally for the LGBT community because I, you know, I still say things or I've had my even my trans friends be like, well, can you phrase it this way for me for us? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. I got but it. that's the difference. And that's the difference. So going back to our earlier point is calling people out versus calling people in. Because yep. it's not like, oh my god, how did you say that? You're horrible. You're transphobic. It's like, no, this is the impact that this this wording and language has on yeah. us, and so that you're aware of. Because you, and that's the thing. If somebody tells you that and they call you in to say, how can we phrase this differently? You know, this is something that impacted me. I know it may not have been your intent, but the impact that mm-hmm. it had on me was that that's calling people and having it turning it into a teachable moment. Yes. Once they do that. And then you continue to use the language and the rhetoric and things like that. That's when you get your ass called out because it's like yeah. you know better. You were expecting you to do yes. better. Yes, I'm you're just not doing that's, that's 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 even when I go back to what I was saying about the emo screamo scene because I know I've had these conversations. Do I remember most of these fucking people that I've called out? No, because either I just didn't care to care to know, not to say to care to know them, but they they're not going to live rent free in my head. Right. right. You know, I um, one of my good buddies who I met through the scene, um, who's a guitar guitar tech now, it's like a tour manager. He's been does you know musicians, comedians, all that. He will tell. <laughs> I still love him. I love my boy. <laughs> because anyone, if if I know someone's at an event where he is, I'll say, Yo, you got to meet my my homeboy. And I go, but warn you, he'll tell you that I'm his favorite human. And it's not like in my <laughs> ego, but like right, he right. does because he'll be like, no, no, no. Because since I've met you, you have never let anyone slide with shit. And that's the way that I've been. Where mm-hmm. I know that I have never let, if I've heard you say it, I'm going to then word, I'm going to say something to you or ignorant. But at the, when I'm done with it, I'm done with it. Right. You know what I mean? You want to talk to me about it, you can reach to me. I'm not going to reach out to you and be like, so you remember this in 2007? Did you learn from it? No. Right. If there was some memorable moment and I made an impact, then you can reach out to me or make you think, oh, I probably did that. Because I'm not saying it now just to say it. Because right. I know it happened. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I do wish I, if I wasn't in my 20s, I would have remembered more who did say it. Because <laughs> I know there's some, some of them I'm reading now. I'm like, yeah, I still feel like you said something to me one day. And I probably was just like, nope. Because because it, it, it was it was so weird being in that scene because it was like I think the first thing people no one ever was like hi my name is they were like you mixed you're really fucking cute or you it was like oh I like mixed girls and I'm like so I have a name it's Jasmine how are you I work for you 
or work with with the company, right? Don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> yes. Or if I am interested, how well can you keep a secret? <laughs> well, that's how our community has survived. <laughs> Keeping secrets. Keep secrets. <laughs> Sorry, my forehead is so big, it's full of fucking secrets. <laughs> it's a five head. <laughs> now, so this would have... So, with Black and Latino Pride, you said it's been going on for 10 years? 11 years? Um, no, it's actually been going on for 14 years. 14? Mm-hmm. Would... What... Now... With it continuing, what is the hopes? This is to make it grow, to make people more aware, to maybe get more resources in from all of not only the capital region or the state of New York? Um, it's my hope that it will, because one of the things we always let people know that it's not a competition. Mm-hmm. So we have Black and Latino Gay Pride the same weekend that we have Capital Pride. Mm-hmm. So Capital Pride draws somewhere between ten to 30,000 people. Black and Latino, we probably get, you know, 10% of that crowd. And it's it's by design, but it's also, um, we're making, it's not a competition. We're not yeah. trying to be having parades and marches and all of that. That's not what we're about. We are connecting our community with resources. So yes, I want us to grow in visibility because there's still many people who don't know about the programs and services that we offer. They don't know about the the resources that are available to them. Yeah. And we've had people who have come every year and say, this is my annual checkup. I don't go to the doctors because I'm scared of how they're going to treat me because of my gender identity uh, or my sexual orientation. I don't reach out to community-based organizations because the last time I went, I was discriminated against. I was whatever. So when I come here, I get tested for HIV. I get screened for high blood pressure and diabetes. I get that. I do all of those things because this is where I feel safe. So I want to just make sure that that access remains and that people still feel like this is a safe space for them to come. It's a crazy idea to think that that healthcare can be discriminated against. You know what I mean? It's already far enough for, uh, in America to get health care, but then there's people who are, like, still complaining about, like, because that's why I'm so passionate about Planned Parenthood, because that is my OGBYN. Mm. You know, my t- doctor doesn't do it. I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I have, a, I'm allegedly covered in Medicaid at the moment. I couldn't tell you who covers it. I know the state of New York does. So I have to be careful of, like, where I go. And I know that Planned Parenthood, like, I have to get another fucking biopsy down in my uterus and it's like that's something that i would have probably never would have noticed i had to do with my and in mm-hmm. uh inconclusive pat smear if i didn't have insurance because i wouldn't be able to go to a normal ogbyn or a private one i get to go to planned parenthood but people don't under understand that like there's a, do- a your your primary care doctor doesn't do everything right and that people don't know that and they and, and the thing is a lot of the healthcare system is not trained mm-hmm. on lgbt issues trans health care etc that's so why you don't... don't get taught in school that's why i like what also what what play parents doing and with other organizations like yours is that about doing the the new sex education mm-hmm. starting from a young age because we're taught at a young age what our body parts are not to touch but there is comes a certain point, like because even even kids who know, like not just kids, but there are kids who know uh, people who know at a young age when they're kids that they were gay or that they were different. Or that, I knew when I was fucking six that I was a different color. I I am not gonna speak for my friend. I knew before he knew that he liked um, boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> We've had that discussion the other day. Yes. I was like, you know, I kind of knew the girls that you kind of dated. Like we're kind of like two of them are now gay so i feel like we kind of knew i knew but it, the, they weren't taught that i was shown pictures of what what, what chlamydia looks like in high class and they're like don't do it mm-hmm. just don't get it don't do it but then there's you know yeah like we were even talking about earlier there's this shyness about being open and sexual 
in yes. America still. Mm-hmm. Every, like, yeah. the, like, that's why I love every other country besides ones that yeah, kind of, Yeah, they can you know, be very open around, open around sex, what, sex, sex, health. And, when you look at, if you go, if you watch foreign films and they have sex scenes, they have fat folk, the people, mm-hmm. they have people in their 60s and 70s, quote-unquote, seen as older. Mm-hmm. When you see sex scenes in American movies, it's usually young folks with good bodies, bodies. and I don't want to say good bodies, but muscular physiques because that doesn't mean that it's a good body because I know some people that are very athletic and mm-hmm. have good bodies, but they have high blood pressure, they have mm-hmm. um, cholesterol, high cholesterol, anything like that. So sometimes your physique is not um, equated to being in good health. Health, yeah. Um, so yeah, but do you see a, a diversity of bodies, colors, shapes, looks, you know, etc. Here we glamorize things and make it this idealized version of what it is. And I'm sick and tired of seeing like real not real intimate movies and when I do watch movies because sometimes I haven't gone to a movie in a while like sex that doesn't make any sense (laughs) why is my bra still on yeah. Why is it immediately on after we're done? Do I have to go somewhere? We just had a forty-five minute conversation. Right, right. I, I would have put it on while I was getting up to go. Right. You know. Because they don't want to show breasts for too long. Too long. They don't want to yes. Show, you know, penis pubic hair or, or whatever. And we're a conservative country as much as we like to pretend that we're a liberal country. Oh yeah. I was so I went uh, early this year. I got to have a great birthday gift to myself. I went to uh, I saw Trevor Noah on my birthday here, but a couple days before I went to the Daily Show. And I saw a concert, but then the next day before I came back, I went to the Museum of Sex. I remember. And mm-hmm. they had a great little um, exhibit about porn. Like, and they were showing 12 different move videos of porn from different, all over the world. Like, actual, like, like, it was great. From, like, 1890 to, like, the early 1920s. And you saw, um, you saw one from Japan. You saw one from France, and it was like, yeah, yeah, you all were fucking kinky. You know what I mean? We still are. We still are. Right, right. We do this now. Right, right. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, it was, it was, one of them was great. One of them was these, this guy and this girl on the date, and it was like a silent film. It was a silent film porn. It was great. And, they, you know, they do the little, and then they're smiling, and then, like, next thing you know, and then all of a sudden you, like, get to pee through a keyhole, and this girl's staring through the keyhole, watching them fuck, and then she wants to join in, and you're like, oh, my God, this is 2020, if we were doing a retreat, right, you right. know, like, this is what people do now. But the, it was, it's, but then you didn't say, like, through, but then to read about how America finally got into it, it was like, well, kind of wasn't until, like, the 70s until it became, like, yeah. Deep Throat, and then it became, right. like, Jackie Onassis went to go see it, and it was like, hi, girl, like, okay, okay. Jackie O. But <laughs> it is, it's, it, and the, the, but it comes, it, it, we were talking about time earlier, how the concept of time, people don't think. 70 years ago was that's so long ago but your grandparents are still living about when, yep, when civil yep. when, uh you know civil rights are coming about same thing to do with porn mm. real real like even looking back we're talking about even in the early 90s when we finally got label warnings for music these kids these were 10 20 years before these kids now in 2000 you know maybe now mm-hmm. actually now 40 jesus christ i forgot it's 2020 so 20 plus to 30 that's <laughs> <is> my age <laughs> But I remember. Right, right. I feel like I'm glad to see this generation using their resources in the way of the internet, which still, yeah. which, which still a lot of which goes if back to. We had to internet when we were there. there. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail. <laughs> I didn't mean to derail your thought, but I'm just thinking about if we had access to what the youth of today have access to as far as 
this ready, quick, 24-hour news cycles, um, the internet just typing would, something in it. Yeah. I had this co- part of the conversation with another mutual friend of ours in that sense because we talk about the pandemic because he was dealing with triggers of having to live in the 80s through the AIDS, AIDS. pandemic mm. and sanitizing and all that. And just to think about how much if we would have had the news or behind the government and behind whatever, Real you know, talk. It, 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 like it would have changed everything. Because it took the death of Brock Hudson for it to become, mm-hmm. I mean, and this was a celebrity. And then, hey, did you see Hollywood at all on Netflix? I haven't watched it yet. It's on my okay. queue to watch. We're going to watch it today after okay. this. Okay, good, good. But it, it, I I said, um, I don't think I know I said, I said to say this on my podcast, that I can see you liking it and not liking it and for different reasons. Because it is an alternative of Hollywood that you, you knew about, but you didn't. Uh, like you knew about it, but it's like you wished. You wished it gotcha, was, you know. Gotcha. But it, I thought it was very. I'm gonna tell you right now, Jim Parsons. If he doesn't want to fucking have me, I will ride on that one. Ah! Because, <laughs> like, to hear him just say motherfucker, or even to say something where I'm like, uh, thank you. I know. I'm like, I've watched you ten years be a nerd, but when you can break out, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those things, like they took because they talk about Brad Cutson in the show. Um, and it is one of those where it took, you realize when you watch it, like, well, it took his death to bring the AIDS epidemic about. But if you, if it would have came out back then, would it be something different? Would it be something now? Who was silenced and the way that it was. Like, there's a scene that was based off a true event about a paparazzi getting beaten up um, because of how keeping Hollywood secrets. And then now you come with Hollywood. Did you see Chappelle's? A46? Yeah. I have not. Um, <clears throat> now, was that was just... the other topic I want to bring up with Chappelle because... Chappelle, I, I think Dave Chappelle is brilliant in the sense I still have issues with his tr- trans jokes. And He's been like problematic, that. and many people have um, have critiqued and challenged him um, and what he said. And what he says, his, some of his delivery, and how you can be... And this is the thing. Human beings are nuanced and mm-hmm. complex. You can say some very profound impactful wonderful statements that make total sense and people it awakens people's psyche and their awareness and you can also be a piece of shit yeah and you can also be problematic and i think he walks the line of it i mean you saw Chappelle show and the thing people like that people like that raunchy off color you know people thrive on it yeah now we're in an age of accountability so people are letting you know this really impacts people so it's really important to recognize the impact of what you do and what you say and sometimes it's couched in comedy but words hurt language the power of language is it can heal somebody help them have a wonderful journey and transformation but it could also traumatize and trigger people so it is to be aware of it and the impact of what you do and he's been made aware yeah. of the impact of what he does how he does it etc and in some areas he have he has chosen to reform himself and change in some areas he's dug his, his heels he's in the ground oh and he's going to do what he wants to do so it's it's on people to keep on holding him accountable to the impact of what he says and what he does he has said some very like i said he has said some very informative and impactful things um in his analysis in a lot of areas is is there is there and, and then other the, areas is not and i'm not going to you know not conf- yeah but yeah. that's the other thing that's hard because you have the, we're in that we've kind of made that culture not the cancel culture but there are people who have going back to Kanye, you know, he said things and rap things that did come true, but then also talked about police brutality we talked about, and then it gets overshadowed by something that he does. So I feel like people over they'll still hold on to what he said, and they have the right to to be upset about him what he said about the trans community and how he's still understanding. Um, 
but then they feel like then they just won't they get they want they, they miss they don't they don't see what he just said in this because right. of his last one and the thing is this when he did sticks and when, when dave Chappelle did sticks and stones and it aired on netflix people it was about all, all about cancel culture yeah. so he talked about some things he did some off-color things he did some analogies and parallels and metaphors as it relates to the lgbt community that some people thought was brilliant and some people thought was extremely problematic and but most people don't know that at the end of sticks and stones there was a 30 minute epilogue mm-hmm. at the end that was behind the scenes showed the research that it took into the work and some people who feel like they did the work he, he was like, I interviewed trans folks. I talked to this trans woman, and I said, and she said it was okay for me to tell these jokes, and, and da, da 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 So for him, he did the work. Yeah. He felt like he did the work, but for many people, it was like, no, no he, he didn't, didn't do the work. work. And I believe that the woman who he interviewed was committed, committed suicide. suicide. You know, so it is like, did, did she say those things because she wanted, because we have people of color who say, it's okay for you to say nigga, white man, or it's okay to say da-da-da, and you have other people that say no, and da-da-da. So what, are, what was the... the the rationale behind that person, person you know saying what they said and doing what they're doing um but that's that's the that's the Downstairs. thing mm-hmm. yeah you? <laughs> uh about a, a year and a half together no 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 they're all heterosexual i believe okay <laughs> no comment <laughs> um, but no that is the that because i remember when that person that person he says he committed suicide and it was just like See for me, see with Jeff Pell, I understood where he was, what he was saying as, as someone who does comedy. I mean, granted, I'm not like I never studied it, whatever. I can, I mean, I know everything about comedy and jokes, but I can, I have that mindset, a weird mindset. Like I even knew, like his last one, he had that thing where the punchline was kicker and her pussy, and I could predict when it was coming because we you know just the way that I could see jokes. Right. So I understood what he was saying about getting into the car and his analogy because that's how his mind works. And then it becomes the people who see it and go, well, that's what I think. But then they don't do the research behind it because they see that. And that's where I get very... But um, that's why I don't like... I personally don't like Family Guy. I don't like mm -hmm. those type of shows where they play on stereotypes of people. Because there's many people who get it and recognize it's satire and it's a joke. There's many people who don't, and they yes. internalize it and they believe it. And these are the people that are hiring people. These are the people that are arresting people. These are the people that are, so they follow these ideologies, and it reinforces their ignorance. It reinforces their racism, their homophobia, their sexism, their all of that stuff. So that's why I'm like, I'm very weary. And even like Cards Against Humanity, if I play that game, I, I, I try to only play it with friends that I know and I have a understand their analysis oh yeah no because i'm because, an asshole when i play it yeah, but the thing, I, I feel know like you, cards against humanity is the game the only game where i could be but for me i don't like, i don't do it because i don't know so if it's somebody i don't if i'm playing a group of people and i don't know some of them yeah i'm like do you really believe this you know do you really no, believe I go this for or the joke and it's yeah. the thing, and I I know that you would go for the joke because i know you yeah yeah but most people i'm like so because i don't these yeah. things know because it reinforces yeah. Ignorance. It reinforces ignorance if you don't have an analysis. We have an analysis, right, wrong, or indifferent. At least we have an analysis. Because we see a card, and our first reaction is to match something with it that we know would be something. Yeah. We and some of it is our lived experience. Our lived yep. experience, so yeah. we know, and we could be like, okay, yeah, you get it, you know. But if I don't know you, I'm like, do you really mean this racist thing when you say, you know, aborted fetuses? Or and then you know, is it? A, and then people will be like, why did you have to bring it up during the game? This right, right, like, right, right. Like this well, is not a teachable moment. It. It's not a teachable <laughs> moment. This is not We're all a drunk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. I'm like, and? It's still a feasible moment. 
Some of us might remember it. Some of us might not. Yeah, but yeah. So, but but with with Dave and other comedians, and that's the thing. Comed- com- comedians are under attack because they've been able to say and toe the line on a lot of things because that's what they thrive off of. They thrive off of social commentary, social political culture. There is it's cultural analysis from their perspective. It's mm-hmm. they they analyze the culture, they analyze experiences, they talk about all these things, and they and they do it in a non-threatening way for a punchline and a joke. And then some people are sitting in the audience are like, well, wait a second, come on now, that's me. I'm black. I never did that. Now you're 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 reinforcing racism. You're doing so now people are starting to hold comedians to the task and they're like, wait a second, we've been doing this for centuries. That's the root of comedy. The root of comedy is to offend, it is to be off color, it is to do whatever. So how can you do socially conscious comedy? Yeah. And can you do it? Can is you it do realistic? it? Because it's but that's the thing that I've even had in radio. Because I know in okay, sorry, I was looking. I knew I had an interview coming up too later. Five things to do and do not do not use a mobile device to record. Okay, we're gonna have to talk. <laughs> Sorry, I'll get back. Are you still recording? No, we're still recording. I'm, which we can, you know. Hi, Sam. Um, so, fuck. Moment. What was I saying? We're talking about comedy and social. Oh, comedy. Social, social, conscious comedy and responsible comedy. I, with my, I'm not someone who wants to be a famous comedian. I just talk about real life stories and situations and, and make it, um, you know, do storytelling in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching, like, Trevor Noah's um, Skinwalker, or Daywalker, Daywalker comedy, and how there was, they were interviewing a lot of white comedians in South Africa who were saying that they were sick and tired of hearing apartheid jokes. And it was one of those things where I'm like, yeah, well, I feel the same way now in America, because there's people like, oh, let's talk about racism jokes. But I'm like, that's the same way I feel about you guys talking about your dick jokes. Or talking about how you talk about women being this way. I talk about how you guys are like this, and right, then some of right. you guys don't want to laugh about it because it's true, or it makes you think. You the know, truth hurts. I the truth hurts. And even with radio, it was the same thing. Like I'm speaking my truth. There was one time where um, I talked about everything was you know Trump, but I try not to mention him in the show because that was I said if I'll be less political, I won't mention political figures. But mm-hmm. being black's different. Um, I talked about how I was called the N-word in, in, on Everett Road because, like, I wasn't pulled up enough. And I said, and so, and someone emailed saying that they were upset that I didn't defend myself. And I, because I didn't mention it, and I go back the next week, goes, I don't know if you're still listening. He goes, I did defend myself. It was just one of those times where I'm glad it wasn't on camera. Because when you have to defend yourself as a woman of color, there is, there's about 97% of the time you, you, when you go hot, when they go low, you go high. But that 3% is when I know I'm going to be that angry black woman where you caught me on a bad day. And you caught me on a day where I was like, bitch, it is not my fault that you can't make this turn. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, but you have that thing where it's like, like we're back to acting, where it's like, I, I, I would focus on what exactly, how to say knowing that I had this inner small time to say it without people turning away or becoming talk radio in that sense. Right, right. But... I use that platform for it because I would, if I got pulled over when on my way to work, I talk about it. I'd be like, you know what, I might be a little bit late. I was pulled over. And I can tell you why. And nothing to do with breaking the law. <laughs> as, soon as, I, as soon as I cross Vermont, it's a whole, oh, he is just adorably seen. Oh, even in the little car. <laughs> yes. I think uh, that might be. Maybe one of yours. 
I don't think so. I usually see him with a, with a female. It doesn't mean he's not a part of the community. But I usually see him with a woman. I don't know if it's his girlfriend or not. Uh, something about that jacket just doesn't... Stop it. That's that's gender expression. That's not sexual orientation. No. There's it's, differences. Then, well, we can edit that out. No, but keep it in. Keep it in, in my it face. In. But I, I'm just saying, <laughs> there's... there's for somebody, mannerism, mannerism, for somebody who sleeps with a lot of white men, <laughs> that seems like one. The way all of it just seems like I feel like someone's getting it engaged and it's going to break before it happens. Cause I'm, let's just say the subject to something <laughs> else. Okay. So. <laughs> is this us watching 90 Day Fiance? Yeah. I've never seen that. I've only heard the no, stories. I've only heard the stories, too. Oh, okay. I think I've watched, like, maybe, like, the first two seasons. And I'm like, this is why nobody takes marriage seriously. And, because there's some people who are very much in love. And then there's ones where I'm like, I, I don't, okay. Oh. <laughs> you sure? I don't, I'm not trying to be, like, you know, I don't want to be stereotypical. But in, in my head, in reality, it just screams no. Yeah, gotcha. No. You're gonna run once you get that that visa, aren't you? <laughs> That's real, I think. But I, I, yeah, those quote unquote reality shows and scripted shows. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, we have to, uh, the police. You, what training goes on talking to the police? So we have been training the police for a number of years, and we haven't for the last year or two and we've and we've done beyond albany we've done albany we've done the zone five academy uh, which is the training academy for new recruits and they, they capture the zone the five zones of the capital region okay so it might be somewhere in amsterdam and Cobleskill and <laughs> schenectady and albany so it's it's it's, it's um regional training facility okay and, it's the, and zone five training academy is located in schenectady um but um our trainings generally consist of LGBT kind of 101 terminology, talking about the unique issues and barriers that our communities face when navigating through society. It also covers um, domestic violence and sexual assault in LGBT communities because that may be some of the cause that they be res- are responding to mm-hmm. and how to shift the focus and narrative around domestic violence because it's still traditionally seen as a heterosexual experience that it's this you know big brody man and this helpless woman and that so it doesn't take into account what if there's two men in the situation what if it's two women is it you know they might say oh it's a cat fight or it's two men should be able to defend themselves and so really unpacking what domestic violence looks like what they how they react on cause also working with the trans community and what happens if someone's gender um, expression and presentation is not in alignment with their license or their documentation mm-hmm. or you're doing a pullover or you're responding to a, a, a call for a crime or what have you what are some things and then, and then also we do some challenging of if your partner is misgendering you get it and you understand but your partner is misgendering someone how what would you do mm-hmm. would you interrupt it there would you pull them to the side would you do whatever so it, it encompasses some of that but it also encompasses privilege and and recognizing what privilege and power you have as a member of law enforcement and what is how does that dictate how people are going to see you mm-hmm. and also how you engage with folks and what your own beliefs are and that is the area where we see the most challenge and pushback from some of the law enforcement first because they don't want to admit or acknowledge that they that have they privilege have, yes. and that they have power and they and they usually see um they usually start with the defense of um I don't understand. This is a fallacy. Right privilege is not real. I grew up poor. I didn't have to. I had. I wasn't. They feel like it's a check. 
They mm-hmm. deserve it, and that's what I'm like. And I, I don't. It's like I don't understand how. And not to be, of course, I'm dealing this at people who are on like our local news feed on Facebook. But I'm like, I don't understand how I can make it simple to you that it's not a payment. Your privilege is that you were born a white male. Right. Doesn't right. matter if you're poor, you're rich, middle class, you got tattoos. Because that's the thing they get it equated. Whatever they you get, get it, it equated they with. Get it, um, conflated. Sorry, with class and income and and yes there's many poor white folks that had to struggle mm-hmm. you didn't benefit from class privilege but you benefit from, from white, white privilege. privilege yes you know you get to walk through this world with yes. a little bit more ease and safety than a person of color just like me as being born a male i get to walk down the street with a little more ease and comfort comfort and safety than my female counterparts however being a black male mm-hmm. i don't get to walk through the streets with a, with some safety and ease and some of my white male counterparts also, and I tell people this all the time, recognizing privilege, and privilege in and of itself is not a bad thing. No. We all have privilege. We yes. all have power. It's what people do with their privilege exactly. or power that makes it a good or a bad thing. Exactly. And when you look at, um, and, I, and the example I give to people to kind of level the playing field is, and I wait till this truck comes goes by. Um, Moment of silence for that grill. I want it. Right? Do you work? I want it. Come back. Ugh. Come back. Come back. Baby, like we were in Titanic. Um, but anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was like, thank God, go. Three hours. Uh, Can you speed this up already? Come I on, Jack. Just die. Cause Just I got die, to do. man. Um, <laughs> but um, one of the I'm things sorry I you do... lost the man. You lost the virginity, too. But there's kind of a shipwreck going on here. Stop it. All right. Go. So <laughs> the example I give when I do most of my trainings and when I talk to people about privilege, because most 99% of the people that I engage with are able-bodied individuals. They don't have a wheelchair or an assisted mobility device. Mm-hmm. And I ask them, I say, um, I say, um, you know, when you found out where we were going to be meeting today, did you? how many of you had to call in advance to see if it was wheelchair accessible? Or if it was winter um, and we, we were having it at this training facility, would, would you have to leave an hour or two early because you have to navigate through a snow, unpaved roads and other stuff in a wheelchair? No. You have able-bodied privilege. The fact that you were born able-bodied or became able-bodied, does um, you get to navigate through the world with a little more ease mm-hmm. and comfort, and 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 not think about the things that someone who is in an assistive ability device or wheelchair has to think about. Does that mean you should feel shame and guilt and bad about being able-bodied? No. no. It means that you need to be aware yes. of the privileges that you hold, and not everybody has that same level of access. So. If you, for example, are now planning a training or an event, you you know that even though you yourself are able-bodied and you want more people to come and have access, you have to plan a place that is wheelchair accessible or has an elevator or has this and this. And so you have to look at the privilege is neutral. Mm-hmm. It's not good or bad. It's what people do with it. Yes, yes. No, that's so, because I've... I'm listening. I've had to explain that in ways, too, before where... Um, Making a mess, sorry. <laughs> um, but it is one of those things where it's like uh, people are so privileged in their minds because, like, even with before I was banned from Facebook, I went on a spree about people posting, Well, how McDonald's is open and Walmart, but not the gym. And I'm like, First of all, you may not like McDonald's, but you are so privileged in your mind knowing that you can go down the road five minutes and hit three different franchises where some people, that's the only fucking thing they get. And that's a treat to them. Real talk. 
that's not cooking or having it. Maybe they have that extra money to do that. But that's what I. That's what it comes to you realizing that you can walk down the street and not have to worry about someone thinking you were a suspect. Real talk. Because you see, you think like the. I love that the internet now is available because you, you get to see on video, and it's a shame that it has to take to video to make people mm-hmm. so other people realize that Even black people. Even with people's, the video, that, or, people that don't count. The this thing, the thing. They with still George discount Floyd it. Even they, in Buffalo. And and I know I I couldn't I, that's one thing I was holding back when I wanted to talk to you because I know that's your hometown. I was fucking livid, especially when the president was just like, "Motherfucker, no, we're not doing this." He has a brain injury, and then an, um, a band that I've told you about was a hardcore band. They're called Every Time I Die. They're from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I fucking love them because they do a lot of in Buffalo community. Keith has been going in on the Buffalo really? police, and I'm like. Thank you. Thank you. Even though your brother thought I was a poser, but that's okay. <laughs> it was a, it was one thing where like his brother was in a band and he like one time kicked uh, this girl's cell phone, and my first reaction was, oh my god, that's a lawsuit. Like that's why just my first reaction. I don't want anyone involved to get hurt or anything in a lawsuit because then it becomes venue shutting down and all this stuff. And he wrote me back on Twitter going, "It's like you probably like don't be a fucking pose. You probably never seen me at a show." And I was like, "I've seen you play every venue at Albany. I've seen you play twice in one night with Let Live, and I've seen you at Warp Tour." But okay, <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> let's, so that's one of my moments where I'm like, "Don't make me have to call you." Now I'm not right. saying I'm that you call, did it on this, I'm but I'm going to show you a receipt on something Trust where you prejudge somebody. Right, right. Now, I mean, I can name every one of your fucking albums, but like I've listened to you for a very fucking long time, and I appreciate the fuck out of your music and who you. Mm-hmm. but it is one of those teachable moments right but even in buffalo there's oh even when it comes to protesters there's they're gonna find something that they're like well he deserves like no one yeah. deserves mm-hmm. to get shoved and have a brain fucking injury yeah. and that there's and then to watch the 57 people oh my god he's carrying a puppy now oh my god stop it <laughs> distracted by a boy <laughs> so you know what you're saying Okay, so, but to see that the 57 EMTs resigned, my first reaction was like, people, there's 50, 57 jobs available now. No, because this is the shade. They didn't resign from the force. No, they, they just resigned, resigned from, from that precision. unit. Yeah. They were in that unit, the, the emergency response unit. They were still wanted to hold their job as officers, but they, res, they um, resigned from that unit. And so what ended up happening was Florida... Of all places. Oh, well, of all places. Them their jobs. Offer them jobs. You want to come here? Da, but da. that goes to now. I've, I now when Schenectady did their um, kneeling of sorts, I was not buying it in any sense because I, from you know, I sit on some boards, and being aware of what goes on in, in, in just the county, I know that when cops get have to leave other forces, the majority end up either in Schenectady or Troy. I cannot speak to that. <laughs> okay. I am not aware of that, and I cannot make any commentary on that. That's fine. But I'll listen to your so, your statement and it, rationale. Well, my statement rationale is that um, I know from sitting on a few boards about how people get pushed around, but then you also see events as in um, Ohio with Tamir Rice, the officer who shot Tamir Rice, was kicked off his force, and they didn't do a complete background check of why his mental stability shouldn't be. Should they said he should, this force said he shouldn't have a gun, and now this kid is dead. And I have seen, I know one cop in general that I have seen who lived in Colony would see him all the time when he'd come through Red Oak with his wife and kids. He was kicked off a Colony for excessive force, dragging a man on a video. 
saw him as an Albany bike cop that we've run into a few times, <laughs> stooping. And then he got an incident that led him to another one of those two forces. So it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, but we still could use you somewhere else. So it's But just... that goes to what I was saying around systemic systemic issues yes. because as much as the the uh, law enforcement community in the past have talked about communities of color and how they were not cooperative how they protected their own they did snitches get stitches they don't snitch the same thing was happening in their very system mm-hmm. they protect each other they, mm-hmm. they don't they don't tell on each other oftentimes I'm not saying that they don't now more people yes. are starting to be more open and verbal but it was that under but you've, you've written seen, law. yeah no but you've seen people who've later come out and said the same thing mm-hmm. there was even go back to Dave Chappelle they we talked about the manifest of that one cop who he who saw it happen and it was just um, those are these these are not isolated incidents right it's to a some system. people it's an isolation but it's a system because there is that that bro code um, there's like you know the same thing with fraternity houses like you've been through the struggle together we're gonna run. I remember going into a bar that's not even around not even five minutes around the corner from here after um, um, officers were graduating from the uh, to be correctional officers, and some even even to the one two of them were getting sent to the place where they just people got uh, that big dick guy got kicked out. Or, like, oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, people don't ever fall for big dick in jail. That will get you back in jail. <laughs> that I, that girl. I don't know anything about that either. <laughs> I don't really any commentary on that. That's that. <laughs> uh, every time I see a story about that thing, I'm thinking that woman gave up her life for some big cock. That's right. I think she's about to get released. She, she did she got did. denied, and then I think, I don't know, something might come up. But the whole entire class that was there was all white kids from rural areas to begin with. And I understood that prisons kept their areas with the, because people, everyone had a job in the town if they, were, if they worked yeah. in a prison. I understand that. But for you not to understand the system that why you know there are majority black people in here that you are working for is is how do you not learn from that moment? But they don't know because it's not taught. It's not taught. They just no, say no, 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 this And is, like I said, the these same... systems have been set up to demonize and villainize. Just black to even show folks. you you have to come in to show these officers and to train them because it's not a part of their training probably to begin with. I'm assuming. Well, now there's this is the thing. Now they're starting to, and this is where it becomes. It Who, needs to be a collaborative because they yes. a lot of agencies are not police officer agencies are starting to have LGBT liaisons and they're having people on their staff that are supposed to be the liaison between the LGBT community and the police um, force. But for me, the trainings have to be both from inside and outside. So yes. me going in as an outsider, who is this fucking civilian? They're not going to be on the streets. How are they telling me how to do my job? Mm-hmm. How can they tell me they don't know? They're not going to be going through the struggle. Da, da, da. So it does need to be a collaborative with a trained member of law enforcement and in our own voices together to have these conversations because that is going to get through to more people depending on the training class. So I've done a, several trainings over the years by myself with, and I run into those officers even now, five, six, seven, eight years later, and they're like, yo, I still remember that training. I still remember that class. Every time I go to respond to whatever, I ask somebody, what's your pronouns? If I'm, you know, or what, how do you identify? Or, Doesn't you know, do, 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 do. And we've had clients say it. We've had clients say, I don't even understand. Like, I called the police because I was robbed. And the first thing the officer asked me, well, what, my, what were my preferred pronouns? And I was, as a trans woman, that made me feel, you know, seen and da da da. So we know that there's impact on it. Yeah. But sometimes with that resistance to acknowledging privilege, yes. it becomes that pushback, pushback or the fact that they will feel like we don't understand because we're not doing the work as them. So you do need to have, um, in some situations, 
a, a officer and a cook uh, and a civilian together. Because you mentioned the key word was civilian, because mm-hmm. as someone who has received canvas letters to work, you know, like in the state, it, you know, the first thing that people always say is like, well, they're not too fond of civilians working with them. And, and when you hear that from everyday people, then you know that's when it's become it, it, but and it's frustrating when it's those people who say they're not fond of civilians. I'm like, so can you not understand why I have an issue with them with black lives when they deal with black lives? Because if you have that civilian word that you say to me is taking it as a job, then you should understand how I should have some fear as a civilian, as a black woman, as a civilian, when I've got to deal with them. Because I was even pulled over. Um, I forget. I only mentioned it on Facebook once, but I got pulled over not even a few weeks ago when I was coming back from Thatcher Park. I haven't met, I got to find, I did my thing with doing my charity work of dropping off food for the town and helping everyone with COVID. Um, I had, it was a short day. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Thatcher. It's been years. I know I can do it. So I went hiking. I come back down and there is a state trooper parked on the side with his lights already going. I thought he was just getting done pulling someone over. So me and this car, we just, you know, do the right thing. Go to the right side, go down. He's following me, follows me for like a good few minutes. And then boop, boop. And I'm like, all right, I, my first reaction, which should never be my first reaction is to literally hit Facebook live or, or Instagram mm-hmm. live just so I can have a recording of it because I don't know anymore. And I'm in the middle of where I don't know anybody. I'm like in like Lorisville and I already did a lap cause I missed the turn cause I haven't been here to get right, back to where I gotta right. go. And so <clears throat> he was very nice, seemed a, it's very weird. I feel like now I also get the, the guys officers in their first few years. Cause like this has happened three times where like, I swear every time I've been pulled over in the last three times have been guys in their first year. Cause they seem nervous. Gotcha. <laughs> like they're young and they seem nervous. <laughs> and, but I get frustrated when it's the same thing. They're like, so should I know about any warrants or, uh, you know, and I'm like, no, don't got any. Right, I, I made a point to say that I was with the sheriff's county making deliveries for food that morning, just to be like, just like, no, I'm just getting done. I got done early doing this, so I'm just going hiking. And at and the what also scared me was as I'm waiting for him to check my license, I hear a canine dog, and I see the car just come up behind him, and then it, that's what scares the shit out of me because for 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 eight seconds I am in fear because there is a canine dog barking furiously, uh, passing my car and sitting there making sure that he's okay, not me. Right, right. That's real. I understand that, and that's what made me think he was probably a rookie in some sense because it was like his first, well, let's see. But at the same time, like, why do you need somebody else to take two, that's what I see all the time. And I call out Colony Police and Albany Police. There's no reason, there should be no reason why there should be three cars pulling over one fucking car. So that was just the the curiosity factor. What's going on here, guys? Mm-hmm. And they want to just chill and talk to each other, and you know. But it's also, the but they, and... they don't understand that that scares the living <laughs> shit. What is the thing? I have a white friend who's an officer, who's a police officer, and he was actually in one of the training courses that I did, and that's how I met him. Um, and he's a part of the community, and um, I was walking down Lark Street one day, and. All of a sudden, you know, they have the spotlights on a police car. Mm-hmm. The sirens come on and the spotlight comes on and it's on me and it's dark. Nobody else is out there. And he was like, 
I was pissed. I would have been. And I was livid. And I'm like, that, sh- that for me was the, the, the cultural divide. Mm-hmm. As a black man, you don't put on flashing lights and a spotlight as a on joke. me as I'm walking on the street as a joke. For maybe another white person or someone else, it could be ha ha ha. Me, at first I was scared, of course. I'm like, oh shit, what's happening? Am mm-hmm. I going to be the next one on the news? And this was like five years ago, before a lot of the high profile ones um, that came out. But I've known about these all my life. Yeah. You know, the ones that don't make the news. Um, so I was terrified for a second. Then I realized it was him and I'm like, ha 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 ha, hey man, good to see you type of thing. But inside I was pissed and I'm like, I'm not going to cuss you out in front of Lark Street, even though it wasn't locked <laughs> you out and it was like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. But... I'm going to police it. I was pissed. Yeah. You know, I was like, yo, you don't do that. No. You don't do that. But no. it's, it's, it just shows a disconnect. Yes. Between race and experience. But for me, when I look at that, when I hear your story, I feel like it goes back to how, um, you know, Sirens and Spotlight goes back to where we had to entertain you. Right. Real talk. Real talk. Goes back to, like, even where it's like, put a show on for me, nigga. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you know, That's I'm doing real. this for my, some weird Mental entertainment. shows and all yeah, the other yeah. things, yeah. And it, I, yeah, it's just, it's, it's bananas. And it's, and it wasn't done with malice. And that's why I talk about intent versus impact and calling people out and calling people in. Because I could have like, motherfucker, are you fucking crazy? Why, mm-hmm. why would you do that to me? Don't you understand I'm a black man in America? You can't do that. Yeah. Then the feelings are hurt and defensiveness is there and all the other stuff versus calling it in and say, hey. You don't understand how this can impact me as a black man in America. Trauma. And having the conversations, you know. So you have to have that. We don't have to because sometimes you're just angry and emotions come out because, you know, it is just due because it's been centuries of this that has been passed down to us. So we don't just carry our own anger and experiences. We carry the anger and experiences Mm -hmm. of our forefathers and our ancestors who didn't have a voice, who couldn't speak up because they would be lynched and murdered. Mm -hmm. You know, so we carry all of that energy in us, regardless if you want to acknowledge it or not. And it comes out. That's why when people are breaking windows and, you know, kicking down doors and shit like that and things like that, I'm not condoning it and I'm not condemning it. It is what it is. It's a trauma response and you don't dictate how people can respond to the trauma. And yes, there are opportunists who will loot and, and, and steal because it's the, it, it's there. But some people just breaking shit and burning shit down because they're like, I'm pissed and y'all not hearing me. When Cap kneeled and you said you don't kneel, don't kneel, do something else, find another. So all the peaceful shit wasn't working. People weren't listening to the conversations. Why do you keep on talking about race? Why do you keep on talking about police brutality? Why do you keep on talking? They were questioning everything that we tried to talk about. Yes. So now we're like, we're done talking. Now we're going to show you. you. So, bam. Why are you surprised? So, what? In fact, you're like, I have no idea. No. You know, it's been coming. I've had a a few friends who have, one of, a kid, a white kid that I grew up with since um, high school, he, you know, we talk openly about political and race and stuff, and he, one of his friends shot the video of the, um, the, one of the Albany police officers going on that kid that was like, why are you being all up on me? That oh, mm-hmm. And he goes, he shot that, and he goes, I understand now what you've been talking about all these years. And I and I know that people come at their own time, and I still wish people can come a little sooner, but I know people come at their own time. But it was one of those things I'm like, I get it. I'm like, thank you for now getting it. And, and now having even, because I have been working, so I, the only protest I could do was Troy, but having people that I saw out, and I would, in different 
not even in Albany, like, different people I know forever mm-hmm. on their Instagram or thing, I'd be like, thank you. And they'll be like, no, you do it, and now I do it. Because yeah. I've seen you do it for years, and I'm like... That's real. That's why I haven't been to any. A, like I said, we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> That's what and like, then I B, feel like half Dave Chappelle. Like, listen, I get the youth, I'm just going to be okay being <laughs> in that back. past. I do this shit every day. We, say, we do this shit I'm every gonna day. I'm going to let you do we've this. this. We've been doing this for a minute, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So I am not... I can allow these new activists who have this energy and it's a lot, and I know how to pace myself as well. Because I, I know as well. There's still this. things that I don't know about. I mean, I get home and I see protests happening and I'm like, damn it, I wish I would do, but I lay down because I'm like, right, I'm like you right. got it. You're doing it. You You're can't do it. it all. You I can't, can't do it all. It all. I took a little out of time and I think I may have said it earlier, so if it's repetitive, then you, know, you can edit it out or whatever. But the Montgomery bus boycott lasted over a year. These protests and these riots are going to be ongoing. It's not going yeah. to just change overnight. So the same level of energy that people are having now within the last two to three weeks, where there's a different protest in a different area every other day, that energy has to last. It has to be sustained and maintained. Mm-hmm. So you have to pace yourself. You have to go and look at various forms of protest and resistance. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. what are some what are various forms of resistance? And that's not just marching and protesting, but it's inclusive of other things to get make the change happen. Now, when interact, or, no, so I was talking earlier about my friend Jason who runs the bid. Now, mm-hmm. there is that difference now of also the cancer culture, and then you also see if people, the influencers, like there's that video of the girl who like boarded, took a picture of her boarding, her, boarding a thing up after a protest, like doing her part, and via yeah, like the opportunist. With the people who do have the resources to really go into their communities, how would you suggest that they would do it to not look like they want to be an opportunist, but more of like, or not showing that they have, not trying to be a white savior in that kind of way? Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, how would you talk, explain to them or go about the process so that, you know, because there's some people who might be hesitant, black people in the community might be hesitant and being like, why are you coming towards me with this information? Like, what is your objective? Well, I think for some of it is reaching out. It is asking the community what is best. What do you want to see? How can I help you? What do you need? Instead of assuming. You know, it's not just about money. It's not just about, you know, it's about what, asking the community, surveying the community, asking your friends. You know, I had somebody reach out to me, and I love these couple. These are a couple um, um, white individuals, and they um, were part of the movement, the civil rights activists. They're, you know... I think they're in their 60s. Um, but they reached out to me randomly and said, hey, we're trying to do our part to support. We want to cook meals. We know that you've been busy. You've been dealing with a lot of stuff socially, with work, with whatever. These things. Do you like baked ziti? Do you like whatever? I'm going to drop off dinner for you. So there's one less thing you got to think about during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so they ended up saying, I said, yes, that's perfect. They ended up bringing me a tray of ziti, some Italian bread. Um, an assortment of olive oils and, and balsamics and cookies <laughs> and brownies that. and just dropped it off. I didn't even get to see them because I was on a conference call, but they dropped it off on my porch and I came down and picked it up. I had a meal for a couple of days and I was able to, since I couldn't finish it all, I was able to then pay it forward and give it, give the other half to a friend who was, who was in need as well. So it's little things like that. It's what can I do to give you one less thing to think about or and then some people say, can I come in and give my 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 man woman or people power to to the to whatever and and listen yeah and don't don't make your voice be the center of everything you don't have to publicize everything you do yes. and know when to step back you yeah. know no one to step back and center the voices of the people that you want to um to help it's it's been that's the one thing that's been interesting with me is coming home from work because I haven't been home because mm-hmm. of what's been going on because I have that essential job 
So having to deal with everything upon customer service and then coming home to see messages, people like, how are you doing today? What's going on? Yeah. Um, and my favorite had to be from one of my old bosses in radio. He goes, he goes, I just want to see how you're doing. You know that we love you and that not all white people are racist. <laughs> like, like, that is so right, you right. and I love you <laughs> for it. Because I know, and I know that there's, because I remember being at um, their daughter's graduation and these guys had Trump things on in their thing and he was, they were kind of like waiting to see who was going to say something and I'm like standing next to them I'm like I know you might be talking to me because I'm the only one that might <laughs> want to say something <laughs> but um, it is those communications and having like my um, my one friend I, even though she said she did I got to check up on her because my friend I, I'm still very suspect of like transferring money over <laughs> the internet That's real. but she's like I can't, we can't have a bottle of wine together, but, like, can I Venmo you money to buy so you can buy your yeah. own? And I'm like, yeah, so I got to double check, like, did you? Because I haven't gotten it yet. Not that I right, need it, but right. I just don't want you to lose money. But right. I appreciate stuff like that. But I also appreciate um, when I did call out a lot of, like, my, I would see my white artist friends. Um, I sent them videos saying, like, I need you to do more. I need you to go into the communities and see what organizations are working on any systemic racism, especially social injustice, mm -hmm. e economic injustice, um, you know, invest into, like, local schools or the communities that are lacking the funds because of taxes or, you know, stuff like that. And so um, to see if they do it is one thing, but to see them be um, one, like, there was one band whose Brianna Taylor is from her, their, her state, their okay. state. And... I've never, I remember introducing them the last time they were here saying, listen, there's only a few bands a black girl will sweat out her relaxer for. Yeah. And they're one of them. <laughs> and I said, and I told them that, I said, I said that for a reason. And I am I'm telling you as a fan of you, a woman of color, I thank you for reminding the world that my life matters. I appreciate it if you did more. You know, like if you can, do so. You don't have to publicize it. If you don't want to, at the same time, you want to have that conversation, my mm -hmm. phone is on. But it is that communication that we need so that will bring me to my last one point that i have that i've been asking my friends so i friend and i have both two apps we were thinking of creating one is called find a black friend oh. so you can link up white people who want to ask black friends if they have black friends black people questions that they have and then there's another one called run a white friend if you want to run a white friend to go camping or hiking or to go walking to the store so you don't have to worry about dealing with police how do you feel about either one of them being an app? So the Find a Black Friend app, I'm going to make commentary on be very strategic in how you couch that because part of it is white folks doing their research on their own and not just relying on black folks to educate. There's a, yes. definitely a series of yes. books and readings and podcasts and things like that they can hear yes. about the experience of black and brown folks. And um, But for like, so for my example, for that quick reaction for response is when um, Andrew Cuomo quoted a New York Times article where he mentioned the N-word and people lost their shit. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying on the station, I go, I love that everybody lost their poop because it was a you know, white person reacting to the N-word. But however, it's one of those situations where you have to look at right it came in content, context. And then if you don't know how to, if you have a response and you want to make sure, that is when you refer to a black friend because it is... <laughs> 
<laughs> you need to, it's one thing to stand up and be like, don't say that. You can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then you, if you don't look at the, con- you gotta ask right. us first. Because so some people is... will speak on behalf of us when they don't need to. Right. <laughs> they are the thing. Many things so they you are. have to be very strategic in the ground rules of it. Before hitting accept to download this app, you have to understand these are the parameters in which you can ask a black friend and find a black friend. And these are the ones that you don't. If it's about you doing your work, then the work that you need to be doing on your own, and you can give examples of what that might look like, then no. But if it's about the example that you gave, or, you know, can I get your perspective before I make a comment on it? Just like similar to Kaepernick going to a member of the uh, military to yes. say, um, is this, would this be offensive and da da da? The person giving their feedback. Other way around. Where it can yeah, be, yeah, yeah. yeah well, where, where it can become problematic is that the black what is the awareness level of the black friend that they're asking because yes. if they don't have an analysis and they have their own, own internalized shit going on they may be giving you problematic information mm. so that's my answer to that uh, so it has to be done very strategically so that's that so it might be instead of find a black friend it might be a series of black friends that ha- can have conversations about your topic okay. and you need to, we'll get back to you within 20 to 4 to 48 hours, hours yeah. to give us a chance to talk collectively and give different perspectives <laughs> that's that the other one around the, um, what was the other one? Find a white friend. Rent a white friend. Rent a white friend. So if you need, if you something like you want to go like just camping or you want to go you know down to the walk around you know down the block, you just have that white friend as like the character witness to be like no no they're cool they're with me you know because I because it goes to the fact that like even even though I know you're laughing but I've had that <laughs> oh thing where God. I've I feel like that's where we where even in Colony, where I have been surrounded by white folks, I'm still very singled out, but I had many character witnesses. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like, we, I feel like we can't do those things anymore without somebody calling the cops or wondering. Because you see all of these, not to be mean, but all these Karens or whatever they're calling, um, you know, being oh, obviously racist. And it's just like, yes, but no, we've, I've had this happen before. Now it's just on video. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, you know, you think my experiences, yeah, even on video, they were like, what did you do is, to yeah. do to provoke it? I go, nothing. I'm here. I'm existing. That mm-hmm. is what has provoked people to be angry about my existence. But I, it's we can't carry all of our accolades on us. It's just like, right. do we But have I told to you have... the accolades don't matter because no. you could be in a suit. You could be in a jogging suit. You could be in a suit and tie. That, They're you, still going to come for you as you, a person you, of color. The Daily Show talked about that before Trevor Noah. Really? Where, yes, John Stewart's crew, there was the interviewer, uh, the cast member was dressed up in a suit. And they were interviewing, I think it was like a department store or some, something about like recent um, you know, racism issues. And they called the cops and questioned him. And the guy that's the producer who's in, like, white and shaggy clothes was, like, didn't, they just, they were like, no, you're fine. But that's but what happens in the social work field. There have been mm-hmm. cases where a black social worker would go to DSS with the white client and a DSS worker would start talking to the white client as if the white client was the social worker. Yeah. They automatically assumed that because that person was white that they were the social, social worker. Work, yeah. So the black person would be like, uh, Hello? Um, no, I'm the worker. This is the client. It's crazy you to know? think, you know, it is one of those, it's just, it's like, I had that conversation with my friend Abina where she worked in a lab out in Seattle and people were just looking at her like, wait a minute, you do? Yeah, we have boats. We have We're in science. (laughs) We hike. We do all of those (laughs) things. We do all of these things. We kayak. We do all of those things. So So don't be shocked when you see us. But that's why I'm kind of weary about the rent a white friend thing because it's like, damn, (laughs) do we have to do that? Can we just live? And that's the problem. We can't. But (laughs) we can't. (laughs) But um, I also look at it both ways as being... Um, platonic legal prostitution. Huh? It's platonic legal prostitution. It's platonic 
prostitution and it's legal because you're legally paying for somebody to be your friend to come out with you and do stuff no sexual things are involved it's just literally just paying another human to be a common son or someone to talk to. I shouldn't to have to pay somebody because I want to. No, go you hiking. shouldn't. But if you also, <laughs> like, I if you want to make some to. money, <laughs> I will. I mean, the white people can rent me. Yeah. If, if, if we tell you where we're going and you want to tag along, you can pay to join us, and so they, then you can still be our quote unquote character witness. But we're not out of pocket. We're not paying you to be my character witness. You true. can pay to join me. Well, so you might want to switch of, that formula up because when a white friend asks a rent a black friend. Yes. Hang with us. Hang a black hang. friend. No. Oh, no. my God. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. No, strike that. Please. Um, <laughs> twice. Strike that twice. So, let's take hang out of there. Um, <laughs> Chill with a black friend. The black experience. Yes. Join us in the black experience. Join us in the black experience. So, we'll, we'll tell you. You can click on the thing you want to do. Outdoors, indoors, clubbing, gaming, driving be getting in a pool like with all this <laughs> stuff that we've been in trouble for walking in the park barbecuing Doing. we can have a list of things that you can check which ones except you for do selling with us. lucy's because that right. would just get a little <laughs> right, awkward right, mm-hmm. right. so <laughs> so yeah that would be my thing like i would switch it around where hey they're paying to hang out with us um and not the other way around is there anything else you would think you would want because i'm pretty sure we'll do this again because you're like my therapy well i think for me it's important the only thing i want to bring up before as we conclude is that when you're looking at these movements that are happening it's important to recognize that the movements have to be intersectional Mm -hmm. they have to include who and you have to be aware of whose voices aren't being heard Mm -hmm. and the example that i give and i can give it again if we do this again is when you look at all of the movements that have happened throughout history there's always been someone who's been left out that history is not addressing so we just celebrated last year um the women's right to vote the suffrage mm-hmm. movement and that it's been a hundred years since women got the right to vote no it's been a hundred years since white women got the right to vote yeah black women didn't get the right to vote until another 40 plus years exactly. almost after when you look at the civil rights movement and it was civil rights acts and all that stuff that didn't include lgbt folks mm-hmm. when you look at the gay rights movement that didn't include trans folks you know like new york state alone when you look at new york state we passed um sonda back in 2000 i believe 2000 2001 and sonda is the sexual orientation non-discrimination act that banned discrimination um against somebody based on sexual orientation from housing schools banking loans etc so we couldn't legally discriminate against lesbian gay bisexual folks but it wasn't until 2019 that they signed gender into law, which is the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act that gave some of those same prote- protections to transgender and gender non-conforming folks. So all the movements have had people, you know, we'll come back and get you. So the suffrage movement, A, they had some racist white women there that was like, black women aren't women, so they don't deserve the right to vote. But you also have some white women who weren't racist, mm-hmm. um, but said, okay, we'll come back and get you later. When you look at the civil rights movement, some of the architects of the civil rights movement were part of the LGBT community. They were like, okay, well, we can only do one thing at a time. time. Let's focus on black folk, and then we'll come back and get the LGBT community. Then when you look at the LGBT community, they looked at the lesbian, gay, bisexual, cisgender community, and the trans folks, okay, let us get Sonda. We'll come back for you. And it was another 20 years before the trans got, trans community got some of their equal, some of the equal protections. And that's just in New York State. That's not that's a federal, federal protection. Vision. You know, so it's looking I, at movements. Each, each movement I do remember seeing you at. And then, so, and the black. So when you talk about Black Lives Matter, you have to look at who's not being included, and that is it's trans just... black folk, women primarily, but also trans black men who have their own history of struggle. Because we talked about Tony McDade, mm-hmm. who was also murdered by police officers, and. 
he did around the same time as Floyd and and um, Brianna, and he didn't get as much media attention as a trans um, male. So it is looking at the movement and whose voices aren't being heard in the movement and pulling them towards the because center. Because some states still house them as their birth certificate, and that's mm-hmm. an issue from yep. one their safety. Yep. yep. So those are all these systems. When we talk about systematic oppression, that's what it is. So you have to challenge the systems. How can we make the systems more effective and more whatever? But the thing is, the systems weren't built with black and brown folks in mind. They weren't, unless we were the, the perpetrator. The, um, the domestic violence movement wasn't built for LGBT folks. It wasn't built, you know what I mean? So That goes back to sure. learning that in health class. Mm-hmm. But then I also, rem- it reminds me of when we were down at the Capitol for New York State passing marriage equality. And I do remember that there was a, a good group of um, Christian black folks. Yes. And that was it, heartbreaking to see because it's just like, I know there's still that in there, you know, and I'm not going to dab in religion because that's exhausting to me. Mm-hmm. But um, it was one of those. I, I saw know, friends I went to college with that I was really close with on the other side. I mm-hmm. thought at first I saw the sign thing. They were, for, they were here because I saw them in college and they interacted with the LGBT community and were happy. And, you know, some of their close friends were part of the community. And then I look over and they're like, no, I'm on that side. And I'm like, oh. And it's like, do you, then they, it's one of those things where I'm like, but you guys don't probably remember or have read that um, with civil rights, LGBT community was there for you. And it's now in reverse in that sense. But then that goes to why there's the issue, there's black trans being excluded from the Black Lives Matter in some sense because mm-hmm. it's a, a conversation within ourselves and our community that right. we need to talk about. And this is, there's internal healing that has to happen, internal conversations that are difficult and tough, and then there's external. So when people talk about, oh, well, you, well, if you talk about Black Lives Matter, what about black on black crime? That's missing the mark. Mm-hmm. That's, not the, that's not the issue. Oh, God, hand. somebody you sent know? me a video of this young, and this, I love her. I love her to death. But it was one of those where I said, I'm like, I said politely, please don't ever send me anything, stuff like that again, because it's very insulting. And it was one of those black kids that were like, Black Lives Matter isn't, you know, we got to focus. And I understand that the kid was like, we want to focus on black on black crime. But you're also excluding the fact that like white people are killed at the same time. But that's, of a ner- that's the narrative. So when they talk about black, yeah. the black vote, black on black crime, as if other people don't, other groups don't have crime within mm-hmm. them, that other groups don't vote. You know, what? so why are you doing, it's the narrative that they've created yep. to minimize the movement. Yes. To say, oh, focus on your own shit and not worry about. And then you had you have where it's like I'm 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 kind of do I already know who is going to out of my white friends is going to send me that one thing of that one mm-hmm. black person being on their side and I'm like. But that's I... their lived. That's their lived experience. That's, that's experience. their ignorance, and that's why I say if, if you're willfully ignorant or if you don't want to learn, then that's where you get called out. Mm-hmm. But if you are willing to learn and hear instead of defending, because it usually comes that what about the, the what about isms. Yes. It's like, but what about this? And what about that? So you're not hearing, but you're just trying to rebut. Yeah. You're trying to give a rebuttal and a challenge in and you're not, not listening. listening. Yeah. And the key is to listen, listen to your friends. And if they're sit if they're feeling a certain way, because I have several friends who complain and whine and mope about everything you know the sky is gray today and i just everybody's against me the world hates me i'm not going to invalidate your feelings i may not understand why you feel that way and i might think it's something i wouldn't do but i'm not going to say okay i hear you you're entitled to feel that way look at this look at this perspective as well yeah you know um to provide a different perspective when necessary sometimes you just got to listen and just say okay i know you're having a tough day let me know if there's something i can do for you mm-hmm. you know that sometimes you challenge you know that's that's the um, knowing when to do what. Yeah. And that's the part of the education. You know, and like you said, reach out to your friend and say, before I respond this way. And the crazy thing is, a lot of this education is for free. Real talk. 
<laughs> it's free. Yeah, we. I mean, I'm still paying my money to go forget an economics degree that I barely remember, but every other thing I learned <laughs> for free, and not from Wikipedia, right. because that was the other issue is that people send YouTube Wikipedia clips, and I'm like, if you, I was just in college, and if that's how it gets you kicked out for essays, <laughs> it should apply to real life as well. Right, right, right. But I love you. I love you. Thank you for. <laughs> I know Thank you for coming to your TED Talk. I know. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> like the notes, but, but some people who don't know, like this is our therapy, doing our our chilling, mm-hmm. our brunch, so or whatever, our soup. Or now we're on a balcony. Balcony, top porch. Yeah. just looking at all the white people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have some black people. We have black people. So yes. So it's becoming Moving a little bit more diverse. Yes. To the east side. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, I always have to ask you the address because I know it, but I need to put it into my GPS because uh, the way that I have tried to get here through my memory has failed me because <laughs> I know the side streets, but then I like I go too far to hit. Like uh, I know this this one right here very well but i forget how long it is gotcha. so if i don't get to the right way to connect to turn that right it's just so I'm like, we're <laughs> just gonna go straight here's down. a maze right right just straight down but yes this what people don't know this is like our little therapy that we yes, get to have been too long too long because i think the last time i it was was when uh, no i was you had another one before this but just me and you i think it was like four years ago because i had that just got that trump shirt and i didn't have a car i took the bus down here yeah. And I uh, had the one that says future war criminal. And look at that, it came true. <laughs> Slightly came true. Yes. Uh, but that also shows how long you've been here, so I know. As yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, we always have good times here. Definitely. I feel like well, that. Anywhere we are is good times. Yeah. Regardless if it's here or the other place. We've been doing this since 2007 or 8, back when I was on 404 four, four four. Hamilton. Yeah. So. We were stupid back then. I moved. I moved there in 2007, so probably like 2000. Well, we would just be the two of us, and all of a sudden, people just randomly just show up, just yep. walk by. They're like, "You here? I'll come back." Yep. It was just here we go, having our own stoop party. Stoop mm-hmm. party. <laughs> it's good though. It's a good day. It does make me bittersweet that it's not. But I'm still drinking as I was be if I was at Pride. So right, right. <laughs> Going home around the same time. <laughs> like I'm Real like, time. look at it. We're getting close to five. My legs hurt. <laughs> I think I've said hi to everybody. Right. I gotta go. Love you all. I know. Mom, love Mom, you all. Mom. If I missed you, <laughs> because it's been one of those, like I do like have my. I, I haven't been. I think you know. I'll do the parade. I'll catch my breath. I'll go and I'll change. I'll go to the bar before it gets too busy. Do my rounds. But then I do come out and try to make my rounds and say hi to everybody because it's one of those, it is one of like I schedule my whole year around it because I finally right. get to see like my friends and like the loves of my life because if they don't come to my grocery store I right. I'm in bed by nine and then That's so real. I'm just you know if it's Halloween or some you know birthday or an event that I'm like oh I got time I don't have to work <laughs> but. I but then it's become where it's like it's come such a nice day where I and I've also mastered with not driving too where I still live on the bus line where I can just take the bus down and then take the bus home walk off that extra bit always make sure I get my fried Oreos or whatever food from <laughs> my uh, Philly cheesesteak whatever's yeah, made from a vendor or even if it's getting my burrito I'm really trying to get beef patties or like, yes. Some- Something that I can't wait to get, yeah. like, and know specifically that this is when I'm going to indulge, because that's my favorite workout of the year as well. 
I know, we'll do it again for sure. Because I know there's going to be many more topics. I hope you enjoyed the conclusion of the second part of my brunch with Philly Phil, a part of my uh, unapologetically black conversation series. Shay says podcast if you want to check out in our own voices you can do so at their website in i n our o w i'm sorry <laughs> o u r own o w n voices b o i c e i was like what i spell that about when i looked up in the air um <laughs> and dot org so it's in our own voices.org philly phil's uh bio and his i'm telling you it's a mm, Philly Phil's bio is just like reading of just greatness. He is just, he's a wonderful person. He is, I'm so honored to to call him my friend. We have gone through some great times together. Um, We have unfortunately lost some friends together, but like when I say like that, Phil is like family, he's like family. My mom knows him, my mom loves him. Um, You know, that's just my homeboy right there. So it was like therapy to have our brunch because we know we always do this and and this year it happened to be like we heard uh, it was during pride which should have been our pride parade and, and the pride parade for me has been oh, it's it's what I schedule my whole year around to be honest I've been doing the pride parade for almost maybe a decade now um, maybe even longer than that I've missed a few years in there from um, from working um, but I love it I love being there supporting my friends and my family in the LGBT community, like these, you know, I say these are some of the loves of my life, who've been in my life, who I know I'm gonna cherish friendships and forever, and I miss being there, and I miss, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of putting on a show in the parade for them, to celebrate them. I would always give it 110%. I know some of you guys have seen me. I have gotten on the ground in front of a huge truck before. I have booty shaked on a couple of protesters. <laughs> if you've been to the Albany Pride Parade, you know there's always like that handful of protesters who've gotten basically smaller throughout the year. Ow, Ashburn. Still those same like old dudes that hang out there and say, this is a sin and homosexually is bad on the megaphone. One year I just went up and started booty shaking against that dude. Not, and I've actually my butt against him, but like bent forward, you know, close enough that it, you know, did make him get detached, or deterred for a second, because <laughs> I just like, and then I remember one year, it was so hot, and we had water balloons, and I threw a water balloon at, the t- uh, at a protester, and it didn't break, unfortunately, and the cop did, the cop did see me throw it, and later he came to me and said, you know, you, um, you know, it didn't break, we, you know, he had a couple of questions, and I said, he goes, you know, thinking I was just throwing them at, because the protester goes, I'm sorry, I go, I really just threw it because he was in all of that black, and it was so hot, I thought I just wanted to cool off, I didn't know it was going to break, and, he, you know, I think he was just, cop was just being either sarcastic or whatever, but I was just like, oh, come on, it's a water balloon, relax, he's fine, he walked it off, <laughs> um, but I can't wait to have, be in the Pride Parade next year to see all my friends, and just to celebrate them, and, you know, I've been a, a hashtag team ally since I've came out of the womb. You know, I, I remember. And the, the great thing about Phil, and I didn't even mention this to him, but I have seen Phil in basically um, right during 
or right after a historic moment has happened for LGBTQ rights. Like he was one of the first persons I looked at. Um, we were both and we were both down at the state and uh, uh, the state capital. Uh, okay, so the capital is Albany, but uh, we're both down in um, the Senate when um, marriage equality was passed in the state of New York. And I just still re will always remember that moment because it was like you heard the people up in. Um, the, the galleries scream and then you saw the person on the uh, stairs give the thumbs up and then everyone just went nuts and I could see everyone's faces and I just, you know, all my friends and I just wanted to go hug them because I was there for a good three or three days. I think it was like a week of legislation that they were arguing I was probably there like three out of the four days. Um, I was pissed because I worked at Dunkin' Donuts at the time so I couldn't go out and party and like celebrate everyone coming out to the bars because everyone started to come out because so it was a huge celebration. I had to be at work at 7 a.m. And at that time, you know, I'm always one of the best workers. So when all the other teenage kids didn't show up for some reason, I had to be there longer. So it was kind of annoying not being able to. And I didn't have a voice too. So I didn't want to go into work, but I would have gotten yelled at for not doing it because you know, I didn't have, they're like, why'd you come with me a voice? You shouldn't have been out. So I'm like, no, I should have been out. I, damn right I was out. Huge event happened in New York. I got to witness history. Of course, I was gonna be there for my friends. So, sorry, someone else didn't have to, you know, take the drive-through at Dunkin' Donuts that morning. <laughs> if you can see video of everyone's reaction, that is a moment in my that will be in my mind for the rest of my life of, of seeing my friends and friends, friends and family just weep and tears of joy and scream and just jump and be happy that. New York finally recognized that they're, yes, they're human beings too. And that they have the right to love and they have the right to marry. It's crazy that it took that fucking long. It's still crazy that it takes now it's that long. You know, love is a, a wonderful thing. It's a hard thing to find. And when you find it, you hold on to it and you, and you work for it. You, you cry for it. You bleed for it. You, you fight for it. And everyone knows what that's like. So to sit there and say, yeah, but your love's different because you love the same sex. Uh, those people are weird. Nothing's wrong. Well, I should say, everybody's weird, but those people, I should say, are wrong. You're wrong. If you think people, same-sex couples, can't have the same love as straight-sex couples, you are audio goddamn mind. <laughs> love is love. Everyone should get married and be happy or not get married and still be happy and still have the same benefits as you were as in a domestic relationship or a partner relationship whatever it may be legally everyone should have their spouses cover under their insurance whether they're the same sex or not if that is your spouse that is your love that is your other that is your partner that is your yin to your yang and no one should be able to tell you that they are not and no one should be able to tell you that no you know sorry i know you love them but like that's not traditional, so you, you don't qualify for this spousal insurance. And that's some bullshit. And companies still try to do that. But now you can't because it says the Supreme Court you can't deny or fire anybody a job. It was a good... The Constitution just hated Trump that day. It was such a good day. Hmm. Alright, so coming up, we are going to have some new things we're gonna be trying out an app that Sam hooked us up with to do both video and audio for the podcast um, I'm still not gonna say who we're gonna get 
I'm hoping he'll, and I say he, so that kind of blew it, but <laughs> um, I'm hoping this person, I'm not going to rush this person, but um, if they pick a date before, eh, don't worry about it. Or I'm hoping to make this work, this app work, because uh, if he's not the first person to test this app on. It might be my other friend who I will say we are going to do an interview uh, with her Wednesday. So I'll announce who it is on our Friday's podcast, which will be part two, which is coming up, uh, continuing our conversation, uh, our, our unapologetically black conversation. I sit down with the legendary um, Sugar Bear radio host, personality, program director, does it all, radio businessman. I had a great time sitting and chatting with him at uh, the barbershop as he's getting his touch-up. We just didn't talking about being black in radio. So I think you guys will be triggered that that's going to be a two-parter. So maybe that Friday that we announce the second part, I will announce who um, we're going to have the following week for the interview. And it might be video and audio, so we're going to put that up on our Patreon, our Facebook, our website, which is ShaySays.com, or Facebook, it's just ShaySays. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, subscribe, and follow at ShaySays.com. I've had a long day. <laughs> See, you know, being a central grocery worker. Some days you just got to take a little sippy sip. Mm. And it is one of those days. Um... I gotta go because I only have actually a few more minutes until my live stream repeat ends of the Alan Raymond live stream. If you don't know who Alan Raymond is, he's a great, uh, just an amazing singer songwriter. Um, I believe he was born in the U.S., but he comes out of uh, O Canada. Um, he had a new album called Christian that just dropped a few months ago. He just dropped Verona's mixtape, which is dope. Um, if he was dropped by his labels, then they're fucking stupid. Cause, but he did a live stream concert that like. I like rushed home quicker than a black woman should driving through a colony, but I like showered. I literally was so fucking hot from just the humidity and then being in an upstairs apartment. I like showered. I literally laid on my floor on my yoga mat with my towel, still like dripping in sweat, just uh, dripping in water and sweat, just trying to, because I wanted to watch this live stream. And I think only like two songs completely went through without anything skipping or delaying, which I mean, it sucked. It was whatever. It was like 10 bucks, but I was good. It was a great concert. I mean, this kid's fucking talented. So, but they did started doing it for like, they started doing the live stream for like another 24 hours. So I wanted to check it again because he played some of my, the two songs that did come out were some of my favorite songs off his new record, Christian, um, hello to me and pretty please were the two of them, but he did, um, like six seven songs oh, he's so good and i wasn't mad that like when the thing kept freezing because it kept freezing on like a nice little butt shot of him so and then he's got a cute butt i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie on that one so i was like mm, we're fine we're good <laughs> i don't think alan raymond will ever come on this podcast or talk he's notorious for being mysterious but maybe i could chip away with my little weirdness and charm and be like just i feel like we could have a great conversation because even when you're singing i feel like jesus christ did you go through my fucking diary stop getting out of my fucking head great then i will check you all later remember we are at shaysays.com if you want to email us any questions or anything um it is shaysayspodcast at gmail.com we are on facebook again at shaysays and my name is Jasmine Shea, and I'm so glad that we had this time together. Remember, always, always be you. You will never be erased. Not on my watch. And in Inner Own Voices, if you want to check out again, is innerownvoices.org. Love you guys. Love you, Phil. Bye.
Jackson.